Well, I mean, it is only March 1st, so the, the nice weather we had la- last couple of days <laughs> got us a little excited. But it's 44 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. White House Communications Director Hope Hicks is leaving. Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said yesterday Hicks will resign sometime in the next few weeks. News of Hicks' resignation it came just one day after the longtime Trump aide testified before the House Intelligence Committee for almost nine hours and admitted to telling little white lies on behalf of Trump. Isn't that what every, I mean, employee does for their political bosses? Yes. I mean, it's kind of comes with the territory. Yeah, I don't think you need to vocalize that. The 29-year-old Hicks joined the Trump campaign early on and is the president's longest-serving aide. And I'm what, what? I was just, uh, I'm just shaking my head because, you know, I I, I always hear from people like about Trump that support him still. I always hear, well, look, look, he's not... A career politician and I say okay well hold him to his own standards if he was running a business and that business had as much turnover as his White House has had in a year <laughs> there's no way he would keep his job no way there's been like 40 or 50 people that have either left or been fired yeah it's crazy or charged with crimes and <laughs> or yeah or got indicted and pled guilty <laughs> And I'm wondering if this will affect the debate about arming teachers. A Georgia teacher is behind bars after he barricaded himself inside a high school classroom and fired a handgun yesterday. A Dalton, Georgia police spokesman said Randall Davidson surrendered after about 45 minutes. One student was treated for an ankle injury after the school was evacuated. No other injuries were reported. It's unclear why Davidson took that gun to school. Well, this is a horrible person. Investigators say a Greensburg woman is facing animal cruelty charges after trying to abandon her dog by tricking it. Police say Mandy Schaefer drove down Thomas School Road in Hempfield Township this week, stopped the car, then threw a ball so the dog would chase it. No. When the dog left the car to go get the ball, she took off. Officials say someone found the dog and told police what happened. My dad did that to me once, and I (laughs) fell for it, but I knew my way home because it was only in Lower Frick. (laughs) Soon people will be heard saying things like, well, they can land a cell tower on the moon, but I can't get service in this mall. That's because next year, 4G cell service will actually be available on the moon. German telecommunications company Vodafone has announced a partnership with Nokia and Audi to launch the equipment into space aboard a SpaceX rocket next year and land it on the near side of the moon. The network will make it possible to stream high-def video from the moon back to Earth. The mission will be privately funded. I like that we've polluted this planet so much that we're now polluting Mars. Yeah. You know what? Let's just go. Moon. Let's just let's just go to the moon. Let's go to Mars. Let's just start dumping crap see, in the universe. See if they can sustain life. U.S. News and World Report has just released its list of the best states to live in. They rank them by looking at uh, seventy-five different stats: uh, everything from the quality of life and crime, healthcare, education, infrastructure, and jobs. Last year, Massachusetts was number one, uh, the number one state to live in. But this year. It's Iowa. That's followed by Minnesota. You're, you're not a fan of Iowa. I can't stand Iowa. <laughs> I've been pretty vocal about that. There's nothing going on in Iowa. Well, maybe that's nothing. what makes it great. Uh, 
It's followed by Minnesota, Utah, North Dakota, New Hampshire, Washington, Nebraska, Massachusetts, Vermont, and Colorado. The bottom five states are Louisiana, Mississippi, New Mexico, West Virginia, and Alabama. If your only concerns are the economy and jobs, top states are Colorado, Utah, Washington, California, and Florida. And if it is quality of life that means the most to you, then living in North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, New Hampshire, or South Dakota are the best states. Pennsylvania, 38th on the list. Look, maybe I've given uh, Iowa a bad rap. I feel bad. Our, our good friend Chris Devota is from Iowa. Maybe if I went and visited with her, I just had maybe the worst experience I've ever well, had. What happened? I, would, I, just, I went to do the funny bone. I was touring a lot at the time, and... At that time, I was working with this booker who who just who, who books you. You're not touring with any set comic. I was just featuring for comic X at whatever place I went to. Right. And so I did the Iowa Funny Bone in Des Moines, and it's in this strip mall that's not even built yet. It's so it's like there's you know it's it's like this place site. a Red Robin, uh, a Talbots, and you know a bunch of empty fields. <laughs> And they have a sleep, they have a staying eleven miles from the club in a microtel, and there was large families cooking very stinky food um, <laughs> on on the floor that I was staying at, and I didn't know anyone, and I was opening for this woman who who was a, a, a wonderful woman. Her name was the Tennessee Tramp, and she's like <laughs> this older woman who's like filthy, and she would bring like a bag of dildos up onto the stage. Oh, and, well, that's. And uh, how'd that go over in Iowa? Uh, it it went over better than my set. Um, <laughs> and then there was like this obese black guy that was opening, and I just felt like I was part of like some kind of circus show. I was like, "What the is island this? of misfit toys?" Everything I tried to relate to them about, like just nothing. No, <laughs> no response. No connection. And it was, it was, it was just. And it was the 10th anniversary of 9-11. Oh, good Lord. And I just remember laying in my bed that Sunday morning watching, like, all that stuff and just being like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like, I should well. maybe, you know, just think about painting houses for a career. Because <laughs> this is not going to work. And then I, you know, got back, collected myself, and I was like, oh, it's just Iowa that sucks. <laughs> I cannot go there. Well, sorry you had such a bad experience. Yeah. Uh, it's not every day you get lucky enough to win a scratch-off lottery game, let alone two or three. Mark Maltz of Michigan had a very lucky day last Friday when he won three lottery games, including one worth three hundred twenty-five grand. The 42-year-old wow. tow, tow company employee stopped by a gas station to fill up his truck, went inside, bought a lottery ticket, won 10 bucks. So, like a lot of people probably do, I'm going to take this 10 bucks and buy some more tickets. Put it on scratch off. He won 15 bucks. Okay. So, he kept riding the wave and bought another ticket that ended up winning him $325,184. Oh man. So good for him. He says he intends to invest that money. There is Huey Lewis in the news, musical in the works called Heart of Rock and Roll. Finally. It's not about the band, actually. It's a story based on their songs, including Stuck With You, Hip To Be Square, If This Is It, and The Power Of Love. There's no word yet on when that might premiere. Did, were you a fan of Huey Lewis, or did you think um, it was I, like cheesy? No, I, nev I never had any of his records or tapes or whatever, but I, you know, I always liked it, I guess. Did you... Were you as big of a fan, like Serena, her favorite movie all time 
is uh, Back to the Future. And I just associate Huey Lewis with that mood, like the power of love <laughs> and just all those songs were are so nostalgic to me. Anytime I hear Huey Lewis in the news, I'm, I, that's all I think about, that movie, the 80s, just <laughs> that time and how fun that's, it was. Yeah, they were pretty big in the, for a few years there. Getting dropped off at the mall by your parents <laughs> and then getting picked up like nine hours later. Finally, Alec Baldwin is getting his own talk show, ABC announced yesterday it has ordered a new series called Sundays with Alec Baldwin, which will be based on his podcast. Each episode will include two guests talking one-on-one with Baldwin about current pop culture topics. A sneak peek episode will air Sunday after the Oscars. Uh, forecast today, some rain, showers, some thunderstorms possible Temperatures in the mid 50s going to be windy with rain changing to snow overnight tonight. It's 46 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford. Randy out sick today, a little under the weather. Mm-hmm. Got an infection of some sort. He's coughing, coughing up a lung. Congested. So uh, he's taking a knee today, but we'll be joined by John Dick Winters at 645. Jerry Dulac is at the NFL Combine in Indy, so we'll be talking to him at 815. Bob Airy at 845 and Stan Saverin at 945. Mike Pursuit at the bottom of the hour with sports as well. It's the DVE Morning Show. It's a DVE Morning Show. I'm Val Porter with uh, Bill Crawford. Randy off today, but he was doing show prep yesterday like he was going to rally and come yeah. in. Uh, but one of the things that, and you've probably heard a lot of these over the years, these crazy mashups, which some can be pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one. Here's Elvis and Van Halen. Long intro. <laughs> Elvis. Is waiting patiently. (laughs) (laughs) Who comes up with these? I don't know. I mean, it's a talent. Yeah, and they all—they're always great. You never hear one like, "Oh, that sucks. That's stupid." They're always really good. I was obsessed with this DJ. His name is Z Trip. Saw him in like the late 90s do a show somewhere. And he did a ton of these mashups. And I had never heard it at that point. Mm-hmm. And I watched a few interviews with him. And he said that the way he does it. Now he was doing, he was doing like hip hop and classic rock. Yeah. And he was, he'd just say like he would just go through a song loaded into a computer and say like okay what is the bpms for this yeah, what's the beats the per minute and if something all you have to do is either speed the vocals up or speed the lyrics up or slow something down and as long as they're on that same same wavelength they fit well of pretty the, impressive of the three that randy sent that actually was my least favorite yeah me too so uh but this is a good one too <laughs> and Randy sent the video, so there's Angus going across the stage in his schoolboy outfit. <laughs> like, I could listen to this every oh, day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it makes you appreciate both songs a little more. Yeah. 
and you can sing along. All right, so that one's pretty good. This is my favorite. This the last one. Yeah, it's my favorite too. I just wasn't expecting it. <laughs> it's so good. Rat and Marvin Gaye. Not not two uh, groups that I thought would ever get together. No, never imagined this. is awesome. Joe, can you post those videos on the morning show page at dve.com? So if you want to see the full thing, uh, you can check them all out. <laughs> Joe will get those up real quick because he's good. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but uh, Mike Pursuit has got sports coming up at the bottom of the hour. It's the DVE morning show. DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuit of Fort DV Esports. It is a hockey night in Pittsburgh tonight, originating from Boston. The Penguins at the Boston Bruins, 7 o'clock on your Penn's flagship, 105.9. The X, a little bit of disappointing news for the Penguins yesterday. Head coach Mike Sullivan revealing that rookie forward Zach Aston Reese has an upper body injury that the team considers longer term, unquote. Uh-oh. Not sure what that means, but it's not day-to-day. And Aston Reese was off to such an impressive start. And that has now been put on the back burner. Penguins also continue to go without goaltender Matt Murray, who is dealing with a concussion. The Bruins are without Patrice Bergeron, their talented number one center, who's got a fractured foot. Welcome to March Bergeron. Pens have gone 17-6-1 since January the 2nd, but they are riding their first two-game losing streak of 2018. <laughs> None of the principals in the Metropolitan Division were in action last night, so it's still the Capitals with 79 points, the Pens with 78, excuse me, the Flyers with 78, the Pens with 76, and the New Jersey Devils with 74. In addition to the Pens-Bruins game tonight, the Flyers are hosting Carolina, and New Jersey is at Florida. That's going to be a fun sprint to the finish. Man, it is tight. In the Metro. Yeah. Particularly when they play each other. Right, because you can hop up several points. In Indianapolis, they're getting ready for the NFL Scouting Combine. The first on-the-field workout is Friday in Indianapolis, but Steelers General Manager Kevin Colbert was at the podium talking to the media yesterday, and one of the subjects that came up was injured linebacker Ryan Shazier. Ryan Shazier won't play in 2018. We, he knows that, and we know that, and we're going to continue to support him in his recovery. So we know that uh, going into this season, he won't play, and he'll end up on a different type of list uh, once we get the determination. Um, once the league starts, we'll designate where he'll end up. So we know that's a challenge because we'll be at 89 players, and uh, fortunately for Ryan, he's covered in that, in that, um, in that manner that uh, he will be part of our team, 
um, officially and really unofficially because he's going to he's still with us day to day uh, as he rehabs he he involves himself with the team and team issues so that he can be a formidable member uh, in 2018. And that's not really uh, breaking news. I don't think anybody was expecting Ryan Chazier to play this year, but no, but it's official now, and that that kind of kind of the reality sets in. It's the time of the year they're, they've moved on to the form the next team stage of of the football year, and uh, you know, based on Chazier's comments with Roosevelt Knicks recently on the the wildly popular Roosevelt Knicks podcast, <laughs> talking about not just coming back to play, but wanting to be a Hall of Famer. I think you know, clarity. Uh, needed to be established, which is sensitive. goals are goals, but you know yeah. the reality is is a little bit apart from that at, at the moment. You certainly don't want to take that carrot away from Ryan Chazier. You know, God no. If coming back is motivating him, great. You know, go for it. Uh, whatever he can do, or whatever he can focus on to maximize his rehab, uh, everybody's in favor of that. But the silver lining is he's still a part of the team. I mean, you know that that's. That's what I came away with it from, just being happy for the guy that he still gets to be in the facility and a part of stuff, because I know he's just a football rat. Yeah, and if things, you know, who knows how this is going to work out, Bill. Maybe uh, he'll be a de facto coach, and maybe they can bring James Harrison back, and maybe <laughs> Harrison can go to sleep in a Ryan Shazier meeting. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that'll go over too great. Or not, uh... Kevin Colbert talked about uh, Ben Roethlisberger as well yesterday and uh, kind of established the different context with which uh, the Steelers are dealing with Roethlisberger this year as opposed to last year. It's better this time around. I don't know. I mean, there's there's no limit on his competitiveness, his wanting to win. Uh, you know, last year he had made he made mention of okay, maybe it's a year to year thing. Unfortunately for us, when we lost that game, as disappointed as we were, he came out that night and said that he wants to play. And that that gave me a great lift because I know that the most important position on our team will hopefully be secure for a few more years. A few more years. No more of that year-to-year stuff. Last year, Todd Haley was the offensive coordinator. (laughs) It was year-to-year. This year, Todd Haley's not the offensive coordinator. It's a few more years. A few years. I can go forever. <laughs> When's Tom Brady going to retire? I'm going to play one more year after him. <laughs> Kevin Colbert said the Steelers remain uh, hopeful they can get a long-term contract worked out with Le'Veon Bell by March the 6th. March, March the 6th is the deadline for teams to uh, tag players, franchise tag, uh, which is what the Steelers used on Le'Veon Bell last season. And Colbert also said that uh, Martavis Bryant has never been offered to another team in trade. The Steelers have fielded inquiries about his availability, and uh, according to Colbert, quote, we've quickly dismissed that. Does that just mean to you, Mike, that, that the offers they got weren't yes. weren't worth it? That's what it means to yeah. me. And I think, really, Bryant is under contract for one more year. He's at a very team-friendly price. Sure. And he still is a player of great potential. And he wasn't awful last year. No. He didn't pick up where he had left off before the year suspension. But there's reason to assume he can be better this year than he was last year. Um, but, you know, hey. If somebody, Continuity, man. He had a whole year off of playing football. Yeah. Somebody wants to offer you a couple number one picks. And he, right. You better be thinking about that. Yeah, you'd be silly not to take the calls. Yeah. Due diligence. I would think just about everybody is available, you know, for the right price. What do you think they're going to do with Le'Veon Bell? Do you think they're going to hit him with the tag? 
Because you know that would probably not piss him off, but kind of just make it so that this is his last year. Yeah, I don't think they like that uh, whole missing training camp thing a, a great deal, which would no doubt happen again. Uh, Kevin Colbert continues to say they're hopeful about the contract, but he's also said they thought they were going to get it done last year, and they didn't. So I, I really, I think the ball's in Le'Veon's court, and uh, who knows what he's going to do with it. He could jack up a three. He could drive the net. He could just pass it to somebody else. Well, I saw him post a video yesterday on his uh, Twitter feed of him walking into Capitol Records, so maybe he can supplement some of the money he wanted to make playing football with a uh, a record deal. If the Steelers had a social conscience, they would offer him a long-term deal to his liking but have the caveat that you can no longer <laughs> right. rap. Yeah, a no-rap clause yeah. in the contract. <laughs> College Hoops last night, Robert Morris opened the Northeast Conference Tournament <laughs> with a 60-56 to victory over number 2 seed Mount St. Mary's. The 7th-seeded uh, Colonials advanced to the semifinals for the second consecutive year in the NEC. They'll play number 1 seed Wagner on Saturday at 2 o'clock. Pitt uh, made it official. It's an O for the ACC season. Notre Dame 73, Pitt 56. <laughs> Yeah! Last night, Pitt falls to 8-23 and overall. And I o- knew they could do it. 0 for the conference. 0-18. Congratulations, boys. Only way to be worse than that is 0-19. Duquesne uh, with a 76-69 win over St. Louis at the Palumbo Center last night. Tonight, Penn State has Northwestern at 6-30 in the Big Ten Tournament at Madison Square Garden. Pirates were 4-3 losers to the Red Sox in spring training play yesterday. The Bucks are 0-4-2. On the spring, Chad Cool started and pitched two spotless innings. And uh, Sean Rodriguez was the leadoff batter. He went one for three, stole a base, and scored a run. The Pirates have the Blue Jays in Bradenton today. Nick Kingham's going to get the start, and Felipe Rivero among those scheduled to pitch. I went to that Duquesne game last night. A good friend of mine is uh, a big Duquesne fan. How was it? Uh, we had courtside seats. Nice. And I didn't know this, guys. How did, did this escape me? They now sell beer at the Palumbo Center for Duquesne games. What? So you had a few pops. I was sitting in a courtside seat with a Sam Adams in my hand watching college hoops. Had a good night last night. That's a great night. I had some family obligations, but I had plans to go see Lebo take on Penn Hills in Baldwin. They ended up losing. 6669. You weren't the guy that was supposed to bring the cake, were you? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Referring to Lebo as cake eaters? Yeah, I, I was wondering how that yeah. worked. Like, is somebody assigned or does everybody just bring it? And no, no, they it? get it from Bethel. Oh. Yeah. Bethel Bakery. Yeah. <laughs> Do us a favor. It's a neighboring neighborhood. We're just kidding. No, Lebo, Lebo is really, really good. Penn Hills is just a little bit better. Heard it was a great game. That it? That's it. All right. Thanks, Mike. Uh, coming up, well, John Dick Winter is joining us. It's the DVE Morning Show. It's the DE Morning Show. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford. Randy is off sick today, but joining us now, John Dick Winters. Uh, good morning. Thanks for coming in. What's good morning. up, dude? Thanks for having me. You got some stuff coming up here that we need to tell people about. Yeah, you yeah. got a festival. We have a festival coming up, the Burning Bridges Festival. It's uh, April 11th through 15th. It's like 15 shows. Every comedian in the world is booked <laughs> on it, it seems. 
No, we have like uh, we have like eighty comedians. Um, oh, like wow. 40, 40, 45 coming in from all over the country. Plus and one. how how do you book that? Do you do it yourself? Well, yeah, I've 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 done it myself. This year, I took submissions for the first time, which was oh, a nightmare. Nice. Yeah. Did, oh, a how nightmare. many did you get? Yeah. Uh, uh, like two sixty five. Two hundred and sixty-five. Now, are like people sending maybe. you all digital? Like, are they sending you YouTube clips? Or are they sending you hard copies? <laughs> like, no, hey, no, check no, out all, my mixtape. It's all YouTube. Although I would have preferred, like, they could have sent me some, like, some chocolates or something. Uh, <laughs> would have been helpful. Yeah, sweet it's, it's, the it's deal. All, yeah, it's all via YouTube. Some people sent me some, like, uh, some just some, one guy sent me a video that he just was talking in the backseat of his car, like, to, into his cell phone. <laughs> like, some people didn't no, get it. No. <laughs> Some people, yeah. very few, like like literally two or three people, and uh, I was I was also one. Of, I think one of the prerequisites for doing a stand up festival is you actually have to have done stand up. Well, people miss that point. Yeah, that part like I was also a judge for the Pittsburgh Comedy Festival to judge the videos that were submitted. Yeah, and some people just like set up a camera in their living room and a microphone and just like told jokes into it. Just completely <laughs> did not get it, and it was like you. It's almost like it's endearing, but it's yeah. also very sad. <laughs> it's really sad, but it also shows that people just don't know the process that you have to go through. Like people hit me up all the time, like where do you even start? I'm yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. like a comedy club. Yeah, it's, would it's, be a good place. it's it's not difficult to find that out uh-uh. at all. I've you know, yeah, people people have messed up the submission process. Like I had one guy this year, one uh, a very naive came and, to your house and actually did it live. God, I wish no. I had that story. <laughs> <laughs> I came in from Kentucky and I'm just here to show you my best five minutes. No, a guy actually I think from Kansas City submitted five times. And I and I thought he was just made made a mistake. Like maybe he didn't think it went through. And I messaged him. I'm like, hey man, what are you doing? He's like, I thought that if I submitted more than once, I'd have a better chance. Oh <laughs> did he use different names? Like did he? No, use- same name. And every video is different, but only one was doing stand up. One was a video in his car. One he just submitted a link to a podcast he was on. I'm it more than hilarious. just stand up. He's got range. Right. Yeah, yeah. If, if, that, if, if the act of doing that was his submission, I would have let him in. <laughs> like if he did it as a joke, but it wasn't at all. So, who like, are some of the comics that people might know uh, that are going to be in the festival? Uh, we have Shane Torres, which uh, some oh, people yeah. may know. He, he's the guy who went viral last year for, def- for his uh, passionate defense of Guy Fieri. Uh, <laughs> it's a hilarious clip. Was that on Conan? It was on Conan. Yeah. It was on. They did. A, they, I think they did a, a, an article on Vault uh, on Vulture. We have um, Joe DeRosa, who you've seen. Oh, nice. Around. Yeah, you've seen him on Louie. You've seen him. I, mean, I don't even. I don't know his credits. They're all on the big website. Name, yeah, yeah, yeah Joe, Joe DeRosa. For people that don't know, that that's like Bill Burr's right hand man. Like he's those guys came up together in New York City. Bill Burr absolutely loves. Joe's Joe really seeming to come into his own as yeah. of late. I see him popping up everywhere. Like I've seen him in like bits and shows and stuff like that. But he really is coming into his own. We have uh, Emma Arnold who uh, is a lesser-known comedian, but I've seen her. She opens for Jeff Tate and um, Dana Gold all the time. Oh, nice. And she is so funny, uh, just really smart, intelligent, like heartfelt comedy. We have Dave Ross, who another lower uh, no-name comedian kind of, but you've seen him on uh, Drunk History and This Is Not Happening in WTF with Mark Marin. And the other big name we have is Lisa Traeger, who uh, has a great album called Glitter Cheese. She has a Comedy Central <laughs> half-hour special. She's so funny. Where are some of the venues for this festival? The, uh, it is Club Cafe on Southside. It is Handbones in Lawrenceville and the Arcade Comedy Theater downtown. Those now, are the venues. Are these all taking place at the same time? There are multiple shows happening. Okay. Uh, like I said, it's five days. There's 15 shows. Most of the shows happen on Friday and Saturday that weekend, the 13th and the 14th of April. And uh, so, yeah, you can bounce around and see different shows and whatnot. And uh, the, the other show that 
I'm really excited about, which there's a, guys, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, there's a thing called the Hard Times, which is like a punk rock onion. Uh, uh-uh. They're doing a show, and I'm so excited. Like that, they have they produce shows in New York and LA, and they're coming and doing a show here in Pittsburgh. And I'm That's super awesome. Stoked. You got lo- local guys on the shows? Yeah, yeah. We, I, there's like 35 local comedians throughout. There's like yeah, the, throughout the 15 shows, it's like 35 local cool. acts. Yeah. How do you how do you navigate that? Like you're you're in charge of trying to come up with all these shows. How, how do you get from place to place? Yeah, are, are you, you just, performing? Yeah. I'm hosting two shows, and I'll probably hop up and do a set at somewhere. Like I don't know. Uh, it's not. I mean, me performing is not the, the the most important part. Yeah, but I'll be bouncing around, and I also like like people ask me about like putting on this festival, and they say how hard it is, and it's not. It's not like the easiest thing in the world, but it's also much easier to put on an event when everyone wants to help and participate. Mm-hmm. So like, I have. No shortage of like local volunteers who just want to be part of it, who want to run the door, who want to be hosting the shows, who want to do all mm-hmm. the stuff that it takes to run a show. So like I have plenty of um, of people power running the festival. Are, are tickets available for that yet? Yeah, on burningbridgesfestival.com. dot uh, com. Some some tickets, some some shows are just ticketed at the door, and then the headline shows and the more uh, specific shows are all the all the ticket links are up at uh, Burning Bridges Festival. That's awesome. Very man. cool. Yeah, I'm well, pretty excited. Thanks for coming in this morning. Thank you guys for having hey, me. Anything you want to talk about? Anything on your your brain? Not really. I just like I just like hanging out with you guys. Aww. I just like getting up at six in the morning, and come over. <laughs> what time do you normally get up? I usually go to sleep Noon? right about now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is, I, I really have to switch around my whole week just to come and, and talk to you guys for five minutes. But you guys are worth it. Like you know. I wish we had donuts for you or something, I know. but we don't. Something. You've never had donuts for me. Is that a no, thing that happens here? No, that isn't. Only if I stop and is buy it part, It's not part of your workout regimen to have donuts laying uh-uh. around, is it? No. You can't. It's, I can't. Your trainer won't no. allow it. it, you, it do you have a trainer? I am my trainer. Yeah? Yeah. Carbs are good, though, for energy, right, Bill? No, they're terrible, actually. No? Okay. What, yeah, do, you, what do you do for energy? Healthy fat. Just so eat like an you avocado just, you just before eat you yeah, yeah. go for a run. I don't even like cut it open. Yeah, you just, just eat the skin. It like right an apple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just and eat that really big seed in the middle too. Yeah, the pit. Crunch that up. Takes yeah. a while to digest that, and you yeah. get energy, sustained energy all day. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. We'll get a link to the website <laughs> up as well on our website, dve.com. We'll get uh, Joe to put that up as well. I'll have news coming up next. Uh, we're going to talk about the fifty social etiquette rules we should all pay more attention to. It's the DVE Morning Show. It's 45 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. President Trump wants to get guns out of the hands of mentally ill people immediately. During a bipartisan meeting with some lawmakers at the White House yesterday, Trump also repeated a call to raise the minimum age for assault-style weapons from 18 to 21. Raising the age puts Trump at odds with the NRA. He defended the NRA but said the powerful gun organization is not always right. And Walmart and Dick's taking action on their own. The company's raising the minimum wage to buy guns at their stores to 21. Dix is also no longer selling AR-15 assault-style rifles at its stores, while Walmart is removing items from its website that resemble assault rifles like airsoft guns and toys. Walmart did stop selling assault-style rifles like the AR-15 back in 2015. Yeah, you don't really need a law if all of the major retailers or all the major places where you can go to get the guns stop selling the guns. That's pretty effective. 
And an Oklahoma <laughs> town is putting bulletproof shelters in its public schools to protect students from mass shooters. The school district in Healdton, about an hour and a half south of Oklahoma City, has installed seven bulletproof shelters in the elementary school and two in the middle school. And the only person charged in connection with the mass shooting at Orlando's Pulse nightclub is about to go on trial. Jury selection begins today in federal court in Orlando for Noor Salman, widow of gunman Omar Mateen. She is charged with obstructing justice and aiding and abetting the June 2016 attack by Mateen. That left 49 people dead and more than 50 others injured. If convicted, Salman could be sentenced to life in prison. A pit sorority... This time a sorority, not a fraternity, is being investigated for an alleged hazing incident. Investigators say 12 women were physically abused by members of Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority earlier this month. Alpha Kappa Alpha was placed on interim suspension of recognition by the Dean of Students pending the results of their investigation. The University of Pittsburgh has a zero-tolerance policy for hazing. It seems more and more people have lost their sense of decency and civility. Country Living magazine printed a list of 50 social etiquette rules we just don't pay enough attention to these days. They include always saying please and thank you. It's important. Got to say please and thank you. Teach that to my kids every day. Holding the door for people. (laughs) Yeah, I hold the door for people. You ever hold the door for someone and they're like, pissed they're like no go ahead i'm like i'm trying to do you a favor no but i did walk i did open the door to walk out of some i don't know where it was and there was a guy behind me on his phone or no i was walking in i was walking in i opened the door and some guy on a phone came right out i'm like dude really knock his phone out of his hand (laughs) next time uh trying hard to be on time it's too bad randy's not here this Mm. morning To hear that one, sending handwritten thank you notes. Nobody does yeah, that nobody anymore. Nobody does that. Why, it's why, usually a is text. That, is that that big of a deal? A handwritten thank you note. No, There's stamps involved and <laughs> going yeah, to the mail. post office. Yeah, that's in, that's I impressive. Think a thank you text is totally fine. Uh, <laughs> taking food to people, like if they move into the neighborhood or if somebody passes away. I wouldn't even trust that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Stranger lasagna? No thanks. I actually have a friend who uh, who is a germaphobe. Had her parents died, people were bringing her food, but she didn't know where it came from. She just threw it all away. Oh my god! <laughs> she's, like, she's like, "Thank you very much." Right in the trash can. Oh wow! <laughs> there are several things that fall under phone etiquette. Uh, step away to take a phone call. Yeah, nobody does that anymore. No, look at someone when they're talking to you. Don't look at your phone. I struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. Silencing your phone when you're in a movie or in church or anywhere that it might annoy people. Uh, Here's some other ones that I know this is one that gets Sebastian Maniscalco. Wear decent clothes in public, not your pajama bottoms. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I mean, that's any comic who flies a lot like he does. When you're in the airport and you just see, it's not like anybody's wearing a suit and tie anymore. I get it. But it shouldn't look like you dumped out a lost and found box and you're wearing like mesh shorts and a Miller Lite giveaway t shirt <laughs> and shower shoes. Like always wanting to be comfortable and like not wearing pants. I'm like, how uncomfortable are your pants? <laughs> right. well, I think maybe you're wearing your pants wrong. <laughs> yeah. If you there you find them so uncomfortable that you have to wear those sweatpants with the words across the body. <laughs> right. Uh I did see somebody in Giant Eagle the other day. I'm like, Yep, those are pajamas. Yeah. Uh huh. 
and Crocs. He's barely getting dressed. Uh, this is one that kills me. Don't swear in public, especially around kids. Yeah, that's kind of brutal, especially oh. at a sporting event. That's going to happen. That drive me crazy. Always use your turn signal when you're driving. Is that a manner? Uh, that's not manners. That's a literal law. Yeah. That's a law. <laughs> Do you, will you get ticketed for not using a turn signal? Yeah, I could. guess so, for improper so. lane change, maybe. Yeah. I, the one people don't, people don't use a turn signal when they're parking, when they're parallel parking, and yeah. that really is annoying. Yeah. And then you drive right up behind them. Right. Like it's yeah. your fault. Like you, you didn't tell me you were doing it. Right. Give me a heads up. Uh, waiting for people to get out of an elevator or a subway before you <laughs> charge in. <laughs> That would be hysterical if as soon as the doors open. Yeah, you just, you just run, right, run in. right in before anybody comes out of the elevator. I'm going to do that. <laughs> when it comes to parties, you should always RSVP right away. Not in this I, Facebook world. No. 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 I'm a big fan of the maybe. coming. I may be coming to your event. I'm yeah. a big fan of saying I'm not going and showing up. <laughs> <laughs> Ask before you can bring a guest to a party. Yeah, that depends on the context of the party. If it's a very loose right. party, then I. But if you know, if, if it's, it's a dinner if, party, yeah, if it's yeah, a dinner party, it. intimate dinner party, yes. But if it's like a loose party, like I don't, I don't get invited to the nice party, so that's never <laughs> been an issue for me. Uh, <laughs> always show up with a gift like wine or an appetizer, and avoid controversial topics. I always show up with a with a bottle of champagne or wine that's been sitting in my house for like <laughs> eight years that somebody gave me. I'm like, I'm never gonna drink this. I'll bring it. What is it? I don't know. Scotch? If you're dining out with others, wait until everybody has their food before you start eating. I do that. That's good. That's a good, I don't know good how etiquette. I like eating when people don't have food. Uh, have good table manners, like putting your napkin in your lap and chewing with your mouth closed. <laughs> so, what are you laughing at? Just my, my grandfather, whenever he, he used to talk to us, he used to just talk with a full mouth of food. <laughs> And it really made me laugh because he'd just be spitting it out at the table. And I'm like, I feel like this isn't great manners. That sh that's a manner that should be a law. Yeah. Like, if you chew with your mouth open, you should be escorted out of whatever building you're in. The other thing is that it wasn't on the list, but it just annoys the crap out of me. People in the grocery store holding mm -hmm. a coffee in one hand, talking on the phone on the other, loudly Ooh. pushing the cart with their elbows. I'm like, really? You're not a CEO. Take the call at a different time. Right. Stay I've in never, your car. Is that a, I've never seen that before. Oh, it's a, I, I see it all the time. Maybe it's just, I don't know. I go at a bad time with a lot of people there. It's the giant eagle you go to. <laughs> that that plays a big part in it. I, I posted a picture the other day. I went to the giant eagle. I had to pick up a prescription for my mom in, in the giant eagle in Greenfield. And I walked out into the parking lot, and I thought I saw two snakes, and I jumped back. <laughs> and it was just two locks of weave. Just two ponytails just out in the... It's like, what the hell? They did look like operas. Didn't they? I'm like, either there was like a crazy fist fight or somebody just had their weave in really loosely. Oh. I don't know. That's, I mean, some of the giant eagles you walk into and it's like, did a bomb go off in here? Is yeah. the, why is the, why is it like twenty eight days later in this giant eagle? I shop at Aldi. Is Aldi become more classy than Giant Eagle <laughs> somehow? Yeah. Kristen Wiig could be playing the villain in the Wonder Woman two movie. Warner Brothers is reportedly talking with her about starring as Cheetah, the nemesis of Gal Gadot's Princess Diana. 
Wonder Woman 2 coming out next year. I just yesterday saw bits and pieces of Wonder Woman. What'd you think? I loved it. Yeah, it's great. I want to see the whole thing. Yeah. That's usually how people see movies. Yeah, yeah. usually. <laughs> but it was, you know, you come in on you know HBO or whatever halfway okay, yeah, in, yeah. Right. and then you'd go do something and come back. But yeah, I loved Wonder Woman when I was a kid. Gal Gadot is a superstar. Yeah, she's great. Rolling Stones guitarist Keith Richards is apologizing to longtime friend and frontman Mick Jagger over recent comments he made about Mick. Richards tweeted an apology yesterday saying remarks he made about Mick needing a vasectomy were out of line. In a recent interview, Keith called his bandmate a randy old man after he welcomed his eighth child at the age of 73. Richards suggested that Mick get snipped and added, you can't be a father at that age. Right. He should probably let his bandmate Ronnie Wood know that too. He has twenty-two-month-old twins. He's seventy. I thought you were going to say twenty-two kids. I swear that's what you were going to say. There's but, no way he has oh more God. kids than eight. I bet. I'm. Oh, I'm sure. BB yeah. King had fifteen kids to fifteen different women. Wow. Yeah. What a stat. Yeah. BB King had fifteen, and and uh, he one of them was in jail, and he and he went and did a concert at the jail his daughter was incarcerated. Wow. In. <laughs> Which is I don't know. Does that do you brag about it as the daughter? I want to see. I, I want to see a documentary just about BBB BB uh, King's kids. Fifteen different women. Fifteen kids. Wow. The promiscuous old blues boy. Speaking of the Stones, they are working, albeit slowly, on their first all-new original studio album since 2005. Keith Richards says the band has spent a total of about three weeks in the studio over the past two years. The guitarist warned fans that the group's next studio effort is still in the early stages, but promised it will happen. Mick recently said the band had about half an album of material recorded. Showers and uh, thunderstorms possible today. Temperatures in the mid-50s. Windy with rain changing to snow overnight tonight. It's 44 degrees now at DVE. Uh, John, you had another show you wanted to promote. You got one coming up this weekend? Yeah, I have a show this Saturday at 9 p.m. at the Arcade Comedy Theater. I'm headlining uh, the, the Saturday show there, hosted by Shannon Norman. So Sweet. come on down, yeah. Cool, yeah, go check that out. And uh, the website again for the Burning, Burning Bridges? BurningBridgesFestival.com. Very cool. Check that out. Uh, that's coming up in April. Mike Pursuit at the bottom of the hour. He's got sports. It's the DVE Morning Show. The last group that came after me were a bunch of cyclists. <laughs> Not motorcyclists. Bicyclists. Uh, yeah, bicyclists. Uh, and and because I, I had ranted about getting mad at a cyclist that I almost accidentally doored right. on the street. <laughs> and he screamed at me, and he was a... Uh, a hole, sure. Right. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I was complaining about it, but I was in the end. I was like, "Look, all right, fine. I was wrong, but I just didn't appreciate the guy started screaming at me as if he has nothing to do with this equation." <laughs> you know, I didn't see him. Fine, right. but I mean, he's acting like it's not on him at all to even try to slow down. Like, so all these cyclists came after me, and they were telling me that I was a piece of garbage and. <laughs> And then one guy, uh, his name was Robert O. Green. He's a movie. <laughs> he's a movie producer. Uh, he produced. Where did this happen, by the way? Was it in L.A.? Uh, was yeah, it, in... it was about a month and a half okay. ago, and I was in yeah in L.A. Robert O. Green, I think, lives in New York. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with his work, because uh, he let me know that he knows everybody in the business, uh, <laughs> he produced such mega hits as uh, Diane Keaton's Mad Money. <laughs> <laughs> so, which I believe I've literally read critics refer to as a stain on her career. Uh, but anyway, 
<laughs> he told me uh, he told me that he was going to see to it that uh, nobody that he knew, which was everybody, <laughs> would ever hire me again. And I said, I said, I said, good luck comparing cycling to the struggle. Uh, and I hope you flip over your handlebars on the way to your entitlement meeting. And, uh, and he said, uh, he said, typical, you threaten me with violence. And I said, no, that's not a threat. It's just a wish. Right. <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah. And then he blocked me. Right. Well, yeah. gratifying. DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuit of Four DVE Sports. The Penguins are in Boston tonight, 7 o'clock on your Penn's flagship. 105.9 The X Game. Two of the Derek Broussard era in Pittsburgh. Broussard made his debut with the Penguins in Tuesday night's 3-2 loss to the New Jersey Devils. He's looking to build on that. And he's also aware, uh, Broussard maintained yesterday, of what he is supposed to be doing for his new team and what he's not. Like they told me, I'm not here to save anyone. They, they already had a good team. They already proven in the past. I'm just here to, to help out. Um, I have to be myself and play my game. Uh, I'm not going to try to put any pressure on myself, but I was pretty excited in the last couple of days, obviously. Um, but uh, I'm going to try to just have to focus tomorrow and you know, pay attention to details a little bit more and uh, try to be uh, more confident and make plays. Pens won't have uh, Matt Murray, who's still out with a concussion, and forward Zach Aston Reese, who missed the Devils game with an upper body injury that head coach Mike Sullivan categorized as, quote, longer term, unquote. Yesterday, uh, Pittsburgh is 3 1 1 in its last five road contests, and the Penguins are 17 6 1 since January the 2nd. Pretty impressive, right? Oh, yeah. They've well, been on a tear. Let's look at the Bruins who uh, went 0-3-1 from November the 8th through November the 15th. Since then, Boston is 32-8-4. Bruins checking into 38-15-8 overall this season. Pens are 36-24-4. This is going to be uh, a fascinating game for the Penguins because the Bruins play the same type of structure game that the Devils play. They're just better at it. And uh, the, if the Penguins are going to make corrections based on what they did wrong Tuesday night, they're going to have to do it against a better team tonight and one that loaded up at the trade deadline and in the days preceding the trade deadline. Boston acquired defenseman Nick Holden from the Rangers, uh, winger Rick Nash from the Rangers, center Tommy Wingles from the Blackhawks, and also signed Brian Gianta off the U.S. Olympic team. But they're down Bergeron, and that's a they big deal. They are down Bergeron, so their number one line has a big hole in it. Pens and the Bruins tonight. Uh, boy, these games are really going to be much-anticipated events the rest of the way. It's I'm like, all the way locked in now. Yeah. It's like these games have a playoff atmosphere to them. It's kind of like the playoffs for the positioning for the playoffs, and yep. uh, then we'll see where we go in April. Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert uh, is in Indianapolis with the rest of the National Football League. Uh, the league is uh, conducting the scouting combine. Uh, Colbert said the Steelers were going to start the process of interviewing prospects last night. They're allowed to interview 60 players for 15 minutes while everybody's in Indy. And Colbert said the Steelers will take advantage of all 60 of those opportunities. This is like speed dating for uh, for potential draftees. Can't hurt, right? And then they get a chance to bring 30 guys here uh, to Pittsburgh before the draft. 
Uh, Kevin Colbert also sat down with Jerry Dulac and Dale Lawley on Steelers Nation Radio yesterday, SNR, as they like to call it. And uh, he talked about the ro- the routine for Ryan Chazier and about how Ryan Chazier will be involved with the Steelers in 2018, even though he won't be playing with the Steelers in 2018. He has a routine now where he comes in, he does upper body work on his own with his own trainer, um, just to stay in physical condition. And then he'll take a break, he'll do some football work. Again, it's all it's all up to him because technically, you know, rules prevent players from being in your facility and working with the coaches. Um, but they can come in and manage their own issues, and that's what he's doing. He comes in, he'll spend time watching video on X and O stuff, and we'll have him sit in on personnel meetings just to watch different things that we're doing because he will be, even though he won't be on the field in 2018, he's going to be a huge part of the 2018 team. And uh, along those lines, the emotional support that that we give him, he gives us back tenfold, and um, we're just looking forward to keep pushing and him pushing and getting better. And no one, uh, there's no ceiling on well, how far his recovery can go because nobody uh, knows, including uh, the experts and himself. Steelers will also uh, be looking for another Juju Smith-Schuster when they get around to conducting the draft. Uh, Smith-Schuster, a guy the Steelers selected last season and wound up getting more than they bargained for. Well, I think he can, you know, maybe build off of what he did last season. Uh, He probably exceeded our expectations as a rookie, quite honestly. And now, you know, it's up to him to to match the standards that he set for himself last year. College basketball Mm -hmm. last night. It is March, and that means it's tournament time, March Madness. And uh, Robert Morris kicked things off nicely, the seventh-seeded Colonials. Knocked off number two seed Mount St. Mary's in the quarterfinals of the Northeast Conference Tournament last night, 60-56. to Robert Morris advances to the semifinals against number one seed Wagner on Saturday. Pitt uh, concluded its ACC regular season at 0-for-18 via 73-56 loss to Notre Dame last night in South Bend, Indiana. Duquesne knocked off St. Louis 76-69, improving to 16-14 overall, 7-10 in the A-10. Tonight, Penn State gets Northwestern in its opening game of the Big Ten tournament. That is at Madison Square Garden in New York. Pirates lost to the Red Sox 4-3 yesterday. They've got the Blue Jays in Bradenton today. Bucks are 0-4-2 on the spring. And last but certainly not least... The information I know you guys, as well as everyone else, have been waiting for eagerly, anxiously, wondering when, oh, when will the great sports debate be held this year? Well, oh, Mike, yeah, we got a date. Mike, when is it? It's March the 14th, yes, 7.30, and you're wondering, where could it be? Where is it, Mike? Well, now, if you had to pick a place, a, a drinking establishment in the mm. fighting city of Pittsburgh that would be perfectly appropriate <sighs> for the great sports debate based on recent events... I'm thinking Southside, possibly. Nah. Um, Tequila Cowboys. Boom! Val Porter gets it. Val wins a cookie. It is that Tequila Cowboy. (laughs) Come dressed as Todd Haley if you so desire. You know, wear a Steelers hat and a headset. (laughs) Come in with a limp. Run outside, fall down, break it a limb. Uh, (laughs) You got to be 21, though. You know, that's just, I'm not encouraging anyone to break a limb, but. It's no. happened before. To Sometimes it happens. Uh, you got to be 21 to get in. Our sponsor is Bud Light, and the panel is Mark Madden, Adam Crowley, 
Tim Benz, and yours truly. Bob McLaughlin is our host, as always. Sean Collier is our warm-up comedian, as always. Uh, VIP tickets are available for 20 bucks. You can get... Uh, what does that get you, Mike? That gets you free food and two complimentary Bud Lights. Uh, the VIP portion of the show is from 6.30 to 7.30. General admission tickets are free, but we strongly encourage you to register because the spots are going to fill up. They just are. Mm-hmm. It's the great sports debate. It's Tequila Cowboy. How could it not? It's such a great time of year, too, Mike, because there's so much going on. You got the hockey season winding into the playoffs. You got the March Madness basketball is about to pop off. The Combine. I mean, this is a great time for People a sports addict. Coming out of hibernation. I, I think it's a tremendous kickoff to what should be a, a an incredible week. Wednesday, March 14th, the sports debate. Then that Thursday and Saturday, we have the NCAA tournament here in Pittsburgh at PPG Paints Arena. The pens will still be rolling. And then Saturday night, uh, you know, faster bearded Irishman for St. Patrick's Day. Oh, so yeah. This will get you going. Uh, tickets are on sale now, those VIP tickets, or you can register now at dve.com. The 2018 Great Sports Debate. Thank God it's finally here. You know, as Willie Nelson once sang, my heroes have always been tequila cowboys. <laughs> and they still are, it seems. <laughs> now I'm done. Very good. Thanks, Mike. Coming up, uh, we're going to talk about Mark andre Fleury uh, making his, I don't know if it's his national non-sports television debut. Uh, I think it is. We'll talk about that coming up next. It's a DVE morning show. 45 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Russian President, President Vladimir Putin delivered his annual State of the Nation address today in Moscow and made a stunning revelation about Russia's nuclear weapons arsenal, one that is sure to stoke fears in the U.S. Putin announced that Russia has developed a nuclear-powered missile that could reach anywhere on Earth and is impossible to intercept. Yikes. His two-hour-long speech included video footage showing intercontinental missiles and underwater drones, as well as a warning to the United States. He said, quote, efforts to contain Russia have failed. Face it. Nobody listened to us. Well, listen to us now. End quote. Putin added that Russia would not be the aggressor, but would consider any nuclear attack on its allies as an attack on Russia. Attorney General Jeff Sessions is pushing back against President Trump's latest harsh criticism. Trump tweeted that it's disgraceful. Sessions is asking an internal Justice Department watchdog to investigate possible surveillance abuses. In a statement, Sessions says it is appropriate to put the issue in the hands of an inspector general. He insisted he will continue to do his job with integrity and honor. Trump tweeted that Sessions should use Justice Department lawyers who have prosecutorial power and according to the Washington Post, Donald Trump calls Jeff Sessions Mr. Magoo in the White House. <laughs> Did you see that Sessions last night went out and had dinner with Rosenstein and yeah. whoever the inspector general is and tweeted a picture? <laughs> this Mr. is just a, this is a weird time. Mr. Magoo's mm. out to dinner. Uh, what is this? Is this real life? It is, Bill. It's real life. A woman has her answer after questioning on Twitter what became of millions of dollars in Hurricane Harvey relief raised by J.J. Watt's foundation. Shortly after her message, the Houston Texas Texans star himself tweeted an apology for not being able to help everybody in a city of more than two million people. He added, we've rebuilt homes and daycares, provided food and medical care. 
Hundreds of fans came to his defense and blasted the woman on Twitter. One of them said there wasn't even a need for any explanation. So love or money? For a lot of millennials, the answer is money. Financial services company Comet Comet surveyed 400 employed millennials and found 41% of respondents say they would end a relationship for a raise. Is that because they're getting paid nothing? Probably. Yeah, they but don't I, they don't make money, so they think it it would bring them happiness. I think they're a bit unrealistic when it comes to raises. No. Because according to the survey, a $37,000 raise would be enough to convince people to <laughs> drop their significant other. Who is getting a $37,000 raise? No one. No one, Val. But I think, you know what I think it is? I think there's two things at play here. One, they're, they're young enough to, to still be in their 20s and, and, you know, maybe be on their first or second job out yeah, they of college. Might, they might not even make $37,000 right. a year. And the other thing is it's like a girlfriend. Like, would I, would I dump a girlfriend for $37,000? <laughs> yeah. How about ten? Ten thousand? Yeah. I don't know. That's tough. That's <laughs> now. Now we're creeping up on it. it's. It's. It's got to be more significant than that. It's got to be like a slam dunk. You know what I mean? It yeah. can't be. It can't be that close. No gray area. Uh. Uh-uh. I got to at least be able to get a really, really nice bathroom out of it. <laughs> if you think going to the gym is good for you, listen to this. A new study has shown there are more germs on barbells at the gym than on the toilet seats. I know it. Researchers collected bacteria samples from both and found barbells are a staggering 48 times dirtier than the toilet seats. You know why? Because people go to the bathroom and they don't wash their hands. So they bring those dong hands out to the barbells (laughs) and then how many of those add up? When do they ever wash those things? Well, that's what they say. To protect yourself, you should wipe down gym equipment before you use it. That's what I started doing on the treadmill. But it's like you got to go in there with and lift with surgical gloves. Yeah. Gross. And we've been loosely following Lisa Marie Presley's divorce. She's now another hundred grand in the red as one of the nastiest celebrity divorces in years rolls on. Uh, Loosely, I guess you could call it. Elvis's troubled daughter has been ordered to help cover her estranged husband, Michael Lockwood's legal expenses. Presley's fourth husband had requested a half million dollars, claiming that despite losing tens of millions in bad investments, Lisa Marie still has plenty of assets remaining. And here's another list that will create debate. The best movie supervillains of all time. Certainly a lot to choose from. Vulture.com just put out a list of the 25 best movie supervillains. And to qualify, they had to be a primary antagonist in a superhero movie that had a theatrical release. Okay. And the best are the ones that are visually interesting and are played by actors who know how to light up the screen. Okay, so we we won't do all 25. Just do the top 10. Number 10, the Joker voiced by Mark Hamill in Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. What is that? That's some animated. I okay. Don't, I don't know that one. Number nine, Lex Luthor, played by Kevin Spacey in Superman Returns. See, I don't... I, when I think Lex Luthor, I think of... Um, oh, what's the actor's name? He was in Michael. The French Connection. Oh. Um, from the original Superman. Oh, yeah. What yeah. is his name? Didn't... Um, who's the creep... Who's the guy that always plays a creep that was in uh, The Shape of Water? Who was the investigate... The guy who had... 
got his finger oh, bitten off. Oh, yeah. Wasn't he Lex Luthor in one of the, the movies? I don't think so. <laughs> God, we don't know superhero movies at and, all. Oh, there's so many. Uh, Magneto, played by Ian McKellen in the X-Men movies. I've heard he's great, but I didn't get into that whole series. Yeah. Uh, number seven is Mr. Glass, played by Samuel L. Jackson in Unbreakable. And the upcoming Glass, which is a sequel to both Unbreakable and the 2016 movie Split, which one of their, you know, one of their qualifiers was that it had to be a superhero movie. So that's not a superhero movie. What? Uh, Unbreakable. Oh, it or, isn't? Or Split. It kind of, well, Split has, I don't want to ruin anything, but Split is a real, like, have you ever seen but is that, that a movie? Super, I have. That's it's, not a superhero movie. No, but it it's like a mutant movie. Because there's no hero in it. Really. No. But he's, a, I mean, James McAvoy is like. Man, he's lights out in that in that film. So apparently this Glass movie that's coming out is a sequel to that, and Samuel L. Jackson's going to be in it. Jack Nicholson is the Joker in Batman. Number five. Iconic. Number five, Loki. God, this Loki. What? <laughs> he's so annoying. I don't I don't think he's a good villain. I don't maybe I'm wrong. I don't but know. Doesn't it's, he turn good guy too at some point? I don't know. Oh, no, General Zod. That's who I was thinking of. Yes. It's played by the guy from The Shape of Water. General Zod, though, this one played by Terrence Stamp in Superman and Superman 2. Catwoman played by Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. Number two, Eric Killmonger played by Michael B. Jordan in Black Panther. Have you seen that yet? I haven't. I have not either. My whole family's sick, so we just can't get out to see the movie. Uh, and number one, the best supervillain of all time, according to Vulture.com, the Joker, played by Heath Miller. Heath Ledger? Or he- <laughs> he, Heath Miller would have been a much different <laughs> pick for that. <laughs> Actually, I would love to see that. Yeah. It would be the most laid back, I know. <laughs> laid back Joker ever. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, he's legend, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, every Jesse time he James blows up a hospital. Right. Every time he blows up a hospital, he's... Oh, I didn't really mean to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should probably go to jail now, Batman. Oh, Mike, Gene Hackman. The... Gene Hackman. Thank you. Way to be honest, Joe. I just noticed that you God. wrote that down. Gene Hackman what? He was uh, Lex Luthor in the original Superman. Yes, he was. He was great in it. He was also Norman Dale in Hoosiers. Different. Popeye different. Doyle in The French Connection. Different uh, genre. There. Oh, we're yeah. not just talking about. No, we're talking Gene about su- superhero movies. You know the, the super villains. There's like ninety of them. One's coming out At every least. couple of minutes. Uh, Danny but, DeVito's Penguin didn't make the list. No. Oh, he was pretty not, good. Well, I don't know. I just did the top ten. It's better I don't than know Loki. What's on the list? On the list of the 25. Let me find it here. Uh, well, they only have the 15. Lex Luthor, played by Gene Hackman, made number 11. All right. Poison Ivy, played by Uma Thurman, number 12. Bane, which I, Bane. Love, I love Tom Hardy. That so. one was scary good. Dark. Yeah. The, the Vulture, played by Michael Keaton in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, I missed well, that one. Nope. see that one. And uh, Henri Ducard, played by Liam Neeson in Batman Begins. I have no idea. What about, like, Doc Ock from the original Spider-Man? Oh, yeah. He was great. That is a good one. 
Uh, forecast today, showers and thunderstorms possible mid-50s for the high, windy with rain changing to snow overnight tonight. It's 42 now at DVE. Do we have Jerry on the line? Not yet. We got him? All right. Let's uh, Jerry Dulac. He is at the Combine, the NFL Combine in Indianapolis covering things there. Good morning, Jerry. We got him? Oh, Hello. We're, we're efforting to get him. Hello. See, Randy's out today, so Joe can only half see me from where I'm, where he and I. I know are he's today. like Wilson in uh, Home Improvement. You can only see the top half of his face. <laughs> we don't have a straight-on shot like Randy normally does. Randy out sick. He'll be back tomorrow. How come you didn't move into the big chair? Because all my to, stuff that I use do is a hostile over here. takeover. Yeah, why didn't you Start take the, uh, the, the judge's bench? I already pulled a Randy this morning because Joe's running the control, and I started firing stuff over there like Randy does with his. It's Val Porter in the TV morning show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Bob Airy going to join us at eight forty-five this morning. Stan Saverin at nine forty-five. You want to play a song, Joe? While you're trying to get uh, Jerry on the line, let's do that. Let's play a song. It's very appropriate Steeler song here. It's a DV morning show. For some reason, I feel like that song should only be played during Steeler season. During the third quarter. (laughs) Maybe not even then. It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman sick this morning. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuta. And joining us live from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, Jerry Dulac. Good morning, Jerry. Val, how are you? Billy, Mike, you know, as soon as I hear that song, I turned around and I stopped some media guy from getting in the coffee line. (laughs) Nice work. Yeah, you know, you get it's when you hear Renegade, you got to stop somebody, so that's what yep. I did. Slap his phone out of his hand. Exactly. Knock him in the head. He goes, <laughs> what are you doing? I go, ah, I, I just lost control. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> did, of course did, I have it. Did you throw your hands up then in the air in the Universal? Oh, I didn't interfere, Jester. <laughs> yeah, but, Mike, the problem was the Jacksonville guy then came and he ran right around me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe, I got two questions to start this morning. Kevin Colbert keeps saying they hope to get the deal done with Le'Veon Bell, but he has also pointed out that they were hopeful last year. What, what, right. do you, what do you think's going on here? Are they close, or is this just posturing? Well, Mike, that's the caveat that I always point up to people. They said the same thing last year. Their intention is to get a long-term deal done. They want to, uh, according to him, same as last year. Both sides want to get this done. And we saw what happened last year to the point that it, it appeared to get done and then apparently he, Le'Veon Bell, rejected the deal at the, at the last second. So, um, you know, that's why I'm always hesitant to sit there and say, oh, yeah, they're going to get the deal done because there's no guarantee. And, and as Kevin points up, that, you know, the, the, um, the uh, franchise tag, because it's collectively bargained, is available to them, meaning they're not being the bad guy here. They're just taking advantage of the rules if need be. So, because Le'Veon Bell came out early and sounded a little bit more conciliatory, I think that gave rise to the belief that this will get done. And I'm not saying that it won't, but you know, after what we saw last year and, uh, and until it gets done, I'm not going to sit here and say that's what they're going to do. And uh, you've been out there what a couple days now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is uh, I got here Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, so long enough to uh, interact with uh, some of our media brethren from across the league. Yes, exactly. So what's the scuttlebutt? Do people think this is a good thing? They should keep Le'Veon Bell? Do they think they should uh, turn the page and and try to repopulate the defense with the money they'd otherwise be given Bell? Is there a general consensus on what the Steelers should do? 
I don't I don't think most of the media people uh, from around the country look at it as uh, kind of as intrinsically as people in Pittsburgh do, mm. especially the fans, from the standpoint of using the money to build the defense. But I think most people look at it kind of you know objectively and pragmatically and think, well, why wouldn't you want Le'Veon Bell? Um, so I, I think that's kind of the general feeling. Um, you know, I have my own beliefs about it. You know, when you have an offensive line like that and you have a quarterback like that and you have a wide receiver like that and your running back only gets 3.9 yards per carry and only has three runs over 20 yards, none longer than 27, hey, I'm not denigrating Le'Veon Bell as a running back or his abilities because he's fantastic. But to me, you can, and especially at a price of $14.5 million or whatever the tag would be. It's a lot of money. Uh, Yes, it is, and um, you know I just feel there's a, you can find a lot of running backs who, who uh, you know, especially in the draft, who can average more than three point nine yards a carry. That's not very impressive when you consider all the alternate weapons in the offensive line that that offense has. It just seems like there isn't enough money to go around when you have a franchise quarterback. You're paying a B what seventeen mil a year, right? There's, Billy, I mean, I, where's the money coming from? I said, I said that to Kevin Colbert yesterday, and I believe it was on the radio. Uh, you know, and, and they signed every one of their offensive linemen. I mean, they have signed every key offensive player, and I don't know how they do it, but they are they are the best at handling the cap. I don't think there's any question between Omar and Khan and and Art Rooney uh, uh, the second. Um, they they're the masters at that. And uh, uh, but when I don't know how then on top of that. You could pay a running back the amount of money that that he he certainly wants, and again, if you go to the tag, my goodness, now that's a fourteen plus million dollar cap hit uh, on top of where they already are, and uh, yeah, it's just very very difficult to do. I don't, and I really don't know how they do it, but they do it, mm-hmm. and uh, like I said, they're the best at it. Assuming they're sincere that they're either going to sign them or tag them, is this an indication that the Steelers believe? that you, offense is now the way to go. Uh, we saw some great defenses this year. And Philadelphia and Minnesota come to mind. Both of those defenses got lit up in the playoffs. Uh, the Mike, Eagles uh, were able to overcome it and win. But uh, is the Steelers' theory, hey, next year we're going to be the team with 45 and the other team's going to be the one with 42? Mike, I, I'm with you on that. And, and you know, you probably should have handled the interview because I asked Kevin <laughs> Colbert that question yesterday. I said, is it now – Offenses, not defenses, win championships. And all you have to do, not only look at the uh, the Super Bowl, look at the entire postseason. Yeah. I mean, look at the look at the numbers the Steelers put up on Jacksonville, which was what number yeah, two. Yeah, that's another one. Jacksonville, Minnesota, one, Philly, they all Minnesota, got lit up. Philadelphia, every one of them got. And, and there was another one in there too. Um, uh, that the, the numbers that were put up on the four, the top five defenses in the league were incredible. And um, oh. The Steelers were one of them, but um, that, that's just that's you know Jacksonville puts up forty five on the number five defense in the league. So when you look at that, I mean, you know, you would think when you get to the postseason, everything gets tighter and, and you win twenty seventeen, twenty four, twenty one. That's not the way to go anymore. The way to go is to outscore the other team. That's that is today's NFL. That was certainly this year's NFL, and I don't see that changing next year. To be perfectly honest, the other thing I found really intriguing with the the interview you and Dale did with Kevin yesterday on SNR. And Kevin had said this with a bunch of us a couple of weeks ago in Pittsburgh. He keeps saying the defense got out physical by Jacksonville, which a is, is true, but B that's about as insulting as you can be to your own defense. Isn't it? Is he, Ab- is he trying to send some kind of message here? 
Abs- well, Mike, absolutely. And and several of the defensive coaches told me that you know a week after the game, several days after the game, that that was the problem. And what they what each of them are doing, one said it quietly, Kevin said it publicly, is they're putting the onus on the players. They're taking the onus away from the coaching staff. And and you know that they just got out physical both lines of scrimmage defensively and offensively. And I know Stephon Tuitt had a hyper-extended elbow, and Javon Hargrave's snaps were limited because of a bad back, but still, they just got pushed. And, and that includes Cam, who got double-teamed. They got pushed off the line of scrimmage, and now, you know, those linebackers were helpless to make tackles, and I'm not taking any of the onus off of them. They were out-physical, and as players, they were beat. And, and Kevin has pulled no punches about that, that the other team was better, and they were out-physical, and yes, that, that to me... That is a direct slap uh, and knock against the players. No question about it. It's an interesting offseason so far, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Keep us updated it, from out there. It with... always is, Mike. It always is. Thanks, Jerry. Talk... All right, Val. Good. Yeah, nice what's, chat. What's the, big, what's the big place in Indianapolis, St. Elmo's Fire? St. Elmo's, the... yeah. St. Elmo's, yeah. I will be there tonight. And my other favorite is uh, Iaria's Italian restaurant. Dumpy little place. Tremendous food. It's always a uh, must-stop for me. So I was there last night. So yeah, if you got a little... Always... If you got a little congestion going, a little nasal issue, go to St. Elmo's and oh, yeah. get that get shrimp the, cocktail, and that'll uh, right. burn it yeah, clear from the, the inside <laughs> out. Get the horseradish sauce. Yeah, that'll clear me up. They should put some of that on I-70 and clear the traffic out of there. <laughs> Thanks, Jared. Thanks, uh, for Jerry. checking in with us. Stuff, Have a good time JD. out there. All right. I'll see y'all. All right, Mike Pursuit is coming up next. Uh, talk a little bit of penguins and sports at the DV Morning Show. Dot com. DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuit for DV Esports. It's the Penguins at the Bruins tonight, 7 o'clock on your Penn's flagship, 105.9 The X from Boston. And an interesting development yesterday, Penn's head coach Mike Sullivan categorizing forward Zach Aston Reese as a, quote, longer-term absence from the lineup, unquote, due to an upper-body injury. <laughs> upper-body. Aston Reese was just getting started, and what a start he had gotten off to. But playing a physical game. Going in the net, doing all that uh, Patrick Hornquist stuff. But uh, he is now out. And if he's out, does that mean Connor Sherry stays in? Connor Sherry has been struggling mightily. Do you notice that he's been struggling since we started calling him Sherry? Maybe that's the problem. He's got to go back to Sherry. Forget the line he's on. Got to figure something out. He's got one goal in his last 20 games. He's got four goals in his last 41 games, Ooh. and he acknowledged yesterday that he is not happy about it. It's a frustrating time for, for my personal uh, play right now, but uh, I think I just got to stick to the little things and keep working hard and keep competing, and uh, hopefully things will start going my way. I find myself to be a little bit streaky. I think last year I had a, a few of those, and um, I think it's just I think I need to see it go in more than anything, but uh, I try not to worry about it too much. I try to just play the right way, play smart, and uh, hopefully good things will come. I think it's with any goal scorer. I think once you get one or two, I think it uh, this puck seems to find you a little bit more. So I think, uh, I just like I said, I think I need to just pop one, and, and hopefully that'll be uh, the start of something good. Now, Sherry had four goals in his first eight games this year and uh, has struggled mightily since. I think he's a good offensive player. I think he, he's a smart kid. You heard Jim Rutherford uh, yesterday acknowledge uh, – the big goals he has scored the last couple of years and how they think he's going to be heard from again and contribute to another cup win. But uh, you got to believe the way this is shaping up, it, it, it kind of looks like he's sort of on trial now, right? And uh, yep. when Zach 
Aston Reeks comes back, if you're going to want to put him back in the lineup, then Sherry would seemingly be the next man out if he continues to not score goals the way he has not scored goals it's fascinating. for about half a year now. It's fascinating to me, Mike, just to watch players like that, like where they seem to be almost allergic to the puck, absolutely no puck luck, can't get near, can't sniff a goal. And then you have somebody like Malkin, who's obviously one of the best players in the world, but just it, the, the, the puck is like a magnet to his stick, and it just keeps going in the back of the net. I think that's confidence has so much to do with that. you got to have the ability. Right. But most of the guys in the league wouldn't be there if they didn't have the ability. But you get that confidence, you get on a roll like uh, Sherry was saying. Just get one to go in and see what happens. A lot of times they'll they'll come in short uh, – Short Burst. succession after yeah. that, and then you relax and just play your game. He really looked like he was fighting a puck to me the other night, even trying to accept passes and do little simple things. And probably overthinking everything. Yeah, He's you're in your head. Feeling a lot of pressure, and uh, it's not a good place to be. Uh, Penn's at the Bruins tonight. Uh, more from Steelers GM Kevin Colbert. We just heard from Jerry Dulac, who's out in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. Jerry and Dale Lawley from uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Spoke with Kevin Colbert, the Steelers GM, yesterday on SNR. And Colbert acknowledged that uh, this draft is not overflowing with the tantalizing prospects at inside linebacker. There's a few impactful players. Um, not a lot, but there's there's a lot of numbers at that position. The guys may have one talent. They, they're better against the run. They're better in coverage. They're better chasing those types of things so they all have some there's a there's a lot of guys that have individual talents that we may have to sort through but impactful players no there's not a ton of those at that position uh that's one of the the leaner spots wide receivers the same way i can't say there's a lot of impact right, right. wide receivers but there's you know there's a there's a high number of wide receivers that'll get drafted as it's pretty much every year of course, the Steelers are in uh, need of help at inside linebacker. Kevin Colbert acknowledging yesterday that Ryan Shazier is not going to play in 2018. Everybody knew that. Ryan Shazier, the hub around which the Steelers' defense revolved and then collapsed when he wasn't there. So uh, they need they need inside linebackers, plural, and they are going to find them wherever they can get them. You know, we can look back at last year's draft. People were, you know, projecting, hey, they might take a corner. Well, we ended up taking two corners. Cause, and then we signed one in free agency as well, Cody Sensabaugh. So when, when you have some holes you need to fill, you, you probably want to put more than one person in, in the mix. And we'll try to do that, um, you know, either through free agency in the draft or through the draft exclusively. Uh, you're not going to stack up in free agency just because you have some salary cap limitations that will limit that. So it could be a combination as we get through these next couple weeks. Mark your calendars. Wednesday, March 14th, 7.30, Tequila Cowboy on the North Shore. The great sports debate. Doors open at 6.30. you got to be 21 to enter our annual event, which is, again, sponsored by Bud Light. I'll be on the panel along with Mark Madden. Adam Crowley and Tim Benz. Bob McLaughlin is your host. Sean Collier, the warm-up comedian. Bill, you know this better than me, but i got to believe the great sports debate is the toughest gig in comedy. It, it is. It's, it's people that did not come to see a comedy show. And we give and them a comic. And they're standing, <laughs> staring at you. Yeah, I've done that gig. Tough one. 
But kudos uh, to Sean for continuing to be roped in on that. Hey, he pulls it off. Uh, it's a great time. Uh, Twenty dollars for VIP tickets. That gets you free food and two complimentary Bud Lights. Will you guys be riding the bull? Yes or no? Oh, I got to believe if there's a bull, I'll be on it eventually. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah. I've done that before. You have? Oh, yeah. When I was popular back after, you know, yeah. in, the, in the urban cowboy uh, right. phenomenon. Any injuries? Oh, I would love to see that. There was a couple places in Lansing that had bulls when I was in college. Yeah. Good so. Lord. Is there, a, is there photographic evidence of this? Thankfully, no. <laughs> well, riding, I think, is... I've never done it, but, I mean, it just looks like it would either give you whiplash or, you know, you could hurt yourself pretty bad. Not if you're... If you're hammered. up enough yeah. to know how to fall. In Big crowd. Game. Yeah. That's really there to just see you get bucked off. I mean, yeah. that's the only reason people watch that. You know, and of course, Tequila Cowboy made famous by former offensive coordinator Todd Haley. I think if you're coming to the great sports debate... You should wear a Steelers hat, a headset, but whatever you do, do not call a quarterback sneak when you get there. Don't. That's not allowed. Uh, and again, and 20... say, shut the F up, Ben, on your way in, but then <laughs> but then claim you were talking to somebody named Danny. $20 VIP tickets. Again, that's the free food and the two complimentary Bud Lights. Tickets are free, but you should reserve your spot, you can do that at dve.com. You can do, you can get your VIP tickets at dve.com. You should do that now because uh, there's only so many available places at Tequila Cowboy. This will sell out for free. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a free out. Yeah, but you don't want to be left out. No, because then you're going to miss out. Right. Thanks, get, Mike. Get your hip knocked Had out. Enough of this. Yeah, <laughs> it just seemed like you were wrapping it up. So I'm going to wrap it up for you. Uh, when we come back, we'll be joined by AT&T Sportsnet's Bob Airy talking pens. It's a DVE morning show. Today. It's the DVE morning show. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford and Mike Pursuta. Randy out sick today, but joining us now, Bob Airy from AT&T Sportsnet talking penguins tonight. Penguins taking on the Bruins in Boston. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for joining us. Hey, no problem, Val. How you doing? Good, good. How about you? I'm doing good. Just getting ready to get going here in Boston. And a beautiful day yesterday here, and same today. What do you do today, Bibbs? Walk the Freedom Trail, go get some chowder, and then <laughs> go to the game, or right to the rink for the skate? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. The uh, Mike, the um, Bruins don't practice anymore in the morning skate here at, at, at the big building. They're at the practice rink like a lot of these teams. And the Pans, they have their optional skates, so they'll have you know, seven players on the ice. Not much going on in the morning at this time of year. We were, we just heard uh, from Connor Sherry in our last uh, sportscast, and he talked about how goal scoring is sometimes streaky. Do you subscribe to that theory, and is he a guy that just needs one to go in somehow, and then he can exhale and start playing? Well, he, he, uh, he can be streaky. Uh, you hope that uh, it's not so uh, streaky that you, you're taken out of the lineup like Connor Sherry was taken out of the lineup in the playoffs before or during the regular season. And you better be careful because, uh, you know, somebody's ready to take your place. So Connor Sherry, you know, he's a little amped up, I think, a little bit nervous sometimes on the ice. Uh, he just plays that way. But when his, when everything's going at the same time, his legs and his hands, he's an unbelievably effective player and a guy that's, uh, you know, been a big part of this Penguins team over the last couple of years. So, you know, he's trying to find his game. He is struggling a little bit. He's, he's, uh, his hands are a little you know, a little tight on that stick, you would say, but the goal scoring can certainly 
can certainly be streaky. And not just for Connor Sherry, we could say that about any player, including Sidney Crosby, who's gone double-digit games without scoring goals this year. Bibbs, that's uh, kind of leading me into the question I had for you. With the acquisition of Broussard, the Penn's top three lines are looking just lights out. What, what are your expectations from the fourth line, and what do you think they have to do to start contributing more? You know, that's a great, uh, a great thought. And I was thinking about that the other night when the Penguins were trying to play a fast game against the Devils, and that's when you really need four lines because the top three lines really were exhausted. They shortened the bench. They were chasing the game, as Mike Sullivan would say, which means they're coming from behind. And uh, the fourth line was, uh, you know, they, they had no impact on the game. So they have to have an impact on the game, whether it's it's three minutes or five minutes. Uh, you know, they they got to go out there. they got to create momentum for your hockey team. Those guys have to be, you know, they're typically role players. So a lot of those guys will be involved in killing penalties or preserving leads, but they're not the guys that are going to, you know, they're going to get you back in these hockey games. I don't see Tommy Kunak with a pair of goals being able to do that, or Carter Rowney playing on the right side. I think he's a little miscast over there, although he has played there before. I don't I don't necessarily think the Penguins need five centermen on their roster right now. They already have Malkin and Crosby and Broussard. Is there any time for, is there any ice time for anybody else? Probably really not. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do as they move forward here and where Carter Rowney's going to play. I mean, I know they did pick up Josh Juris at the trade deadline. He's playing in the minors right now. But, you know, we'll wait and see how that's going to all uh, transpire. Bibbs, Derek Broussard played his first game Tuesday as a Penguin, and there were some people kind of rumbling a, a little bit that it was a little underwhelming from him on Tuesday night. Don't you think that's kind of unfair <laughs> criticism for a guy oh, yeah. who hadn't even been in the city 24 hours? <laughs> That's the way of the world is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Immediate impact. Come on, what's, what have you done for me today? And uh, you know what a great hockey. He's a great hockey player, Derek Broussard. And to be honest with you, you know, look at his line mates. Connor Sherry has been struggling. We just talked about him. Phil Kessel's been banged up the last couple of hockey games. So, and it was Derek Broussard's first game trying to figure out a new system. You put all that together, um, and you're playing against a great team in the New Jersey Devils. There wasn't a lot of breathing room out there for any of those guys. So, you know, he wasn't the only guy that didn't look great in that hockey game. I thought he looked fine. He's a good hockey player. He'll be good here. And if no the worries. Go along, no, not, not a worry in the world. If we go a long way, he'll be a big part of it. You mentioned the Devils, a great hockey team. You, you buying them as legit? They're a little ahead of schedule. They're ahead of schedule. Um, their backup goalie beat us. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they, they did uh, – you know, they didn't. They were missing a player that uh, you know from the trade deadline that wasn't even in the game. In Patrick Maroon, uh, Ray Shiro, a great GM and a, and a great coach there, and John Hines. Yeah, I think I'm starting to buy them a little bit. Uh, yeah, they played us and beat us twice, so let's give them something, right? And uh, back to the you mentioned the centers a moment ago, Bobby. Is this going to become a three line team? Do you think? Um, yeah, yeah, I. I I think it's going to be a, pretty much a three-line team. I mean, which a lot of teams are as you run through. Uh, you know, I just think that the, the, the penalty killing and you know, a guy like Riley Shane has been playing really good hockey. I mean, coming into the season, I don't think you could have expected much. He scored in one darn hockey game all of last year, and uh, prior to his getting Broussard, he had been playing fantastic hockey. I mean, solid two-way hockey. So I'm not sure where they're going to find room for him. And then you know, there's going to be bumps and bruises, but. 
as we've seen over the last week or two here, it has been a three-line hockey team. And, you know, you better hope if you're on the fourth line, you're killing penalties or you could bring something else to the hockey team because you're only going to play three or four minutes. They got rid of Ryan Reeves. I mean, he was only playing four minutes a hockey game. He was he wasn't playing too bad either when they when they left him go to Vegas and Vegas wanted a piece of him. So you better have a role on this hockey team. You better do it uh, to your best of your abilities, and that's the way it's going to go when you got Crosby, Malkin, and now Broussard. Bobby, uh, injuries, of course, a concern as you know it, the season wears on and guys just get worn down a little bit. Zach Aston Reese out long term, it looks like now, and Matt Murray has a concuss- concussion. They're unpredictable. You don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, do you think Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith can handle the load if Matt Murray is out long term? Yeah, what a great, you know, that's uh, yeah, that's a million dollar question for sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, I like like tonight we're playing Tuukka Rask and Hudobin. I probably you know longer track records there. You'd have a lot more faith in that. Tristan Jari and DeSmith, they've showed uh, moments of brilliance this year and. And, uh, you know, Tristan Jari's coming off his weakest performance, and Casey DeSmith has had better numbers in the minor leagues over the last couple of years and in the National Hockey League than Tristan Jari. And uh, having said that, I, I think on the depth chart, two weeks ago they thought Tristan Jari was ahead of Casey DeSmith. From what I see, I like the demeanor of Casey DeSmith. He's 26 years old. He's a little bit older. I think he's been through a little bit more in his life. And... Uh, I like his poise in the net. I, I'd run with him again tonight. I would consider him my go-to guy. It's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. But they got to get Matt Murray back. You know, they won Stanley Cups without other players like Chris Letang. But Matt Murray, are you kidding me? There's not a chance. I mean, Flurry last year and Matt Murray, the way he's played the last two years, not a chance they win a cup. And I don't think they win it again without getting Matt Murray back. Bobby, thanks for joining us this morning. Penguins-Bruins, is that a 7 o'clock game tonight? I believe it is. I believe it's 7 o'clock. All right, very good. Thanks, Bob. But don't don't quote me on it. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Better late, early than late, right? That's right, that's right. All right, thanks, All right. Bob, Ari. Uh, like you said, Penguins-Bruins hey, uh, tonight. It is, it is at 7. 7 o'clock in Boston. Uh, and you can listen to the action also on our brother station, 105.9 The X, as well as on AT&T Sportsnet. Uh, sports coming up, uh, news rather, coming up next. And we still have Stan Saverin joining us at 945 this morning as uh, we'll do, a, I guess, a cornucopia of sports wow. talk with him. That's right. That means so much that it's overflowing, overflowing out the open end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which sometimes is a good yeah. thing. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you need to call off for that. Yeah, it's a DVE morning show. It's forty-five degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Sport Clips. Oprah Winfrey says the only thing that could get her to run for president is a sign from God. The media mogul gave an interview to People Magazine recently and made clear she's been getting support for a White House bid ever since her speech at the Golden Globes. Winfrey said after the speech, she had wealthy people calling her saying, I can get you a billion dollars. I can run your campaign. And she so, has a billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, so that made her actually think about it. Oprah says she prayed about running for president and said, God, if you think I'm supposed to run, you got to tell me and it's got to be clear so not even I can miss it. Then her phone rang and it was Morgan Freeman. And she was like, this is a sign. <laughs> Oprah says uh, she has not gotten a message she thinks is definitively from God. Yeah, I think we just need to, uh, I don't know, maybe stay away from the celebrity <laughs> thing. 
Yeah. After this, I mean, this has been a nice experiment, but uh, I don't think Oprah's the answer. Because <laughs> I I keep hearing this: The Rock, Oprah. Yeah. Kid Rock. Yikes! Too many rocks. Two former Rock. employees are accusing InfoWars founder Alex Jones of sexual misconduct and making racist and anti-Semitic comments. In case you don't remember who Alex Jones is, he's this guy. Folks, let me just tell you something. If the media wants to go with this, that's fine. There are dozens of videos and photos of Obama having flies land on him <laughs> indoors at all times of year. And he'll be next to 100 people and no one has flies on him. This is disgusting <laughs> with flies all over. Big, fat, stinking dick. Imagine how bad she smells, man. This is talking about Hillary Clinton. I'm told her and Obama just stink, 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 stink. You can't wash that evil off, man. I'm told there's a rotten smell around Hillary. I'm not kidding. People say, they say, that, uh, folks, I've been told this by high up folks. They say, listen, <laughs> Obama and Hillary both smell like sulfur. I never said this because the media go crazy with it, but I've, I've talked to people that are in protective details. I mean, they're scared of her. And they say, listen, she's a freaking demon and she stinks and so does Obama. I go like, what? Sulfur. They smell like hell. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> that is Alex Jones. Uh, a complaint filed with the EEOC last month says the man who heads the far-right conspiracy theory website frequently targeted Jewish and black employees with slurs and offensive remarks. A black woman who worked at InfoWars accuses Jones of groping her. Jones has denied the allegations first reported on by the Daily Mail. Congratulations are in order for Robert Kraft, the billionaire owner of the New England Patriots, the 76-year-old. The human droopy dog. Had a child with his much, much younger girlfriend, Ricky Noel, Noel Lander. Model and dancer is 36 years old and gave birth to a baby last year. Maybe Keith Richards should talk to this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Neither she nor Kraft has spoken publicly about the child, and the Patriots have declined to comment, saying only this is a private matter. The couple was seen together at the Super Bowl, and they're expected to ten- attend this Sunday's Oscars together. Sources say Kraft is taking good care of Lander and the baby and has uh, set them up in a Los Angeles mansion. Kraft has four adult sons with his late wife, Myra Kraft, who passed away in 2011. I was going to say, you know this isn't his first kid. That's got to be very strange because his sons have to be at least as old as his new wife. Oh, they're probably older because he's 76 and she's 36. Oof. Yeah, what are you doing? So forty. his sons are probably 40 at least. Besides money, can you guess the job perk that makes employees the happiest? Other mm. than money. It's not cereal in the workplace either. Um, feeling valued? Uh, no. According to a poll by research firm Clutch, what full-time workers want most is flexibility. 41% said flexible hours was their favorite workplace benefit. said flexible hours was the perk that made them the happiest on the job. My favorite part about this job is I don't have to be here when I don't want to (laughs) be. There's now a weed party bus in San Diego. It's called the Cannabus, and it's what you will board if you book a trip with West Coast Cannabis Tours. Pot laws in California state drivers and passengers are not allowed to smoke and drive, but the bus is classified like a party bus where booze is allowed for people in the back. Uh, passengers will be driven to a dispensary, then a glass blowing class as part of the tour. 
Some people hate the idea and say the tour company is bending the rules to uh, get around, uh, allow people to smoke weed on the bus. I remember we got a party bus. You remember Have a Nice Day Cafe? Yep. 21st birthday. Got a party bus. Was that bus. that big, like, patchwork? Yeah. All different School colors? School bus. Yeah. Looked like the Partridge family yes. was on tour. And uh, we got we got a party bus. Me and 30 of my friends got a keg. And, you, you know, they had the light-up dance floor there. Yeah. <laughs> the fish bowls full of, like, whatever goon Booze, juice they had. Right. Yeah. And, man, that was, like, such a moment in time. Because <laughs> the strip district, like, that, that was, like... Oh, there were so that many was places. It. Yeah. They had so many spots. And it like, was happening. It was scarier. Like, for me, it was scary down to go to, like, Donzies and Tequila Willies. And that that that's that was, like, a little too much. I liked them more like the bars. Yeah. Well, like, what was the one that was down from where Costume World is? It was, like, yeah, I was it was a million to, things. It yeah. was, like, Whiskey Dicks. That's probably what I was thinking and of. And then there was, like, Bar Pittsburgh and... Yep. Banana Joe's. Oh, my God. All those places where people would just get wrecked. Oh, yeah. That was my going out days. Yeah. That was just fun. And to have that bus, like, I get it for drinking, but for weed, like. Well, they do these in wine country, too. We, yeah. We went to um, the Finger Lakes. Oh, nice. And uh, took a wine tour. And we stopped at this one winery. They're like, yeah, a bus just pulled in here, and we told them <laughs> to turn around and leave. They were too hammered. Wow. Yeah. I mean, no, that that's what happens on wine. Yeah. Especially if you've had two glasses. I mean I mean three. Three. I'm out of I'm out of hand. Two, you're blacked out. Three, your head is your exorcist. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're looking for fireworks and music. (laughs) This is a this is a a vineyard. Manesson High School is honoring Francis McDormand in an appropriate way. School officials posted a billboard along Interstate 70 near Exit 42A, honoring the 1975 graduate for her Oscar nomination for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Why didn't they put three up instead yeah. of just one? School officials say McDormand has returned to the school several times to speak to the students and give advice to those who are hoping to mirror her success. Fuller House creator Jeff Franklin has been fired by Warner Brothers Television for inappropriate behavior. According to Variety, Franklin, who also created Full House, has been accused of being verbally abusive to staffers and making inappropriate statements in the writer's room, including making sexually charged comments about his personal relationships and sex life. Franklin has not been accused of directly sexually harassing or engaging in physical misconduct with any staffers. Fuller House was recently renewed for a fourth season. Yeah, my kids are obsessed. <laughs> they, we, we, we've watched every episode about five times. <laughs> it's amazing how they kept that entire cast together. I mean, the yeah, Olsen that's... twins are really the only people not in it. What is their explanation for them not, or did they get other actors to play you, them? You know, when they first came back, no, they had a couple references to them like doing their thing in Living New York City, away. and then they would like address the camera directly. Like, you should come back and hang out. It would be great. (laughs) So I guess they're trying to get them, but clearly they've moved on. They're fashion icons now. They're both billionaires. billionaires. Why can't they just do one episode and, like, you know, throw people a bone? I don't know. But, yeah, there's, you know, then there's, like, Kimmy Gibbler, like, lives at their house. Mm -hmm. She has a kid, you know, DJ, and and, uh, DJ has a bunch of kids, and it's, it's almost identical to the old show. They live in the same house. It's cra- it's crazy. Like my and my girls are just 
Like I said, they can't get enough of it. Now, did you are we are you of the age that you watched it, or was that yeah. more of a girl? Yeah, show? Yeah, no. Okay. Well, my I grew up. My sister and I are so close in age. Yeah. That I ended up watching whatever she watched. So mm-hmm. I know way more than I should about <laughs> Fuller uh, Full House and Guiding Light and Grease. <laughs> oh, Grease! I love it. You know, she made me watch that like fifty times. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty good. That Danny Zuko. Finally, uh, some sad news. Local longtime news anchor Adam Lynch has died through his career. Lynch started in radio and ended up anchoring at all three TV stations, Channel 2 and 11, and retired from Channel 4 in 1993. Lynch died in San Antonio, where he had been living with family. He was 89 years old. Showers and thunderstorms possible today, mid-50s for the high, windy with rain changing to snow showers overnight tonight. It's 44 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Uh, Mike coming up at the bottom of the hour with sports. It's the DVE Morning Show. It's a DVE morning show. Randy out sick today. Not sure if he'll be back tomorrow. He should probably just stay home tomorrow. Yeah, he should. Don't come in here and he spread anything get well. around. And get well. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, you're a big it's fan. Really, it's about us, Val. Right. He should stay home just because don't... we don't want to get sick. Right, exactly. Because then, you know, then next week somebody else is out. Yeah. And then somebody else is out after that. Right. Uh, you're a big Shark Tank guy. Love it. Love it. Now, Shari- is Mark Cuban still on that? Yeah. Okay. I think he's one of the only people that I've seen consistently on every single season. Yeah, I didn't. I thought some of them interchanged. Yeah, a lot of them have been on again, off again. Mr. Wonderful has been on it. I just saw, I don't know if it's a more recent season, but like, is he on it? (laughs) No, it was Mr. Wonderful. I thought that was his nickname. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, A-Rod has been on it. Then they have, you know, a few different women that, that cycle in and out. There's this guy Damon that's always on it. Yeah, my Is that wife. The bald guy. Yeah. Okay. My wife. Uh, my wife <laughs> has always loved that show, and then I started watching it with her, and then the kids got interested in it. And you know, kids at this age, whenever they get interested in something, they don't just get interested like me or you get interested. They become obsessed. Totally obsessed. Yeah. And so I don't know what kind of um, what kind of cable you have, but we have we have Comcast. And for some reason, like when we go back, like through the seasons, some of them you have to buy, like some of the episodes you have to buy, Mm. not all of them. Some of them are on demand. Every single one of them that's on demand, we've seen. (laughs) I know there was a a young girl locally who sells like a sugar scrub or something for your skin. And she was on there. Oh, yeah. She they really helped her out. It's really impressive. It's just cool to see like what these products are because from the first season like people were going on there with hardly any sales they were really going on there with an idea yeah i, I mean i have only watched it a couple of times i didn't know it was people who already kind of had an established yeah. business but just want investors i thought it was like here's this idea that i have well now people are coming in with valuations of millions of dollars and they've already got hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales and you know, they're already established. They're looking for that extra push from one of the sharks. So what's the deal with this guy that he got rejected by Shark Tank and then he just made gazillions off of it? When he he, he came in to pitch this uh, this 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 um, idea called DoorBot, which is basically like for your smartphone. It's a doorbell with a camera on it so that you can, you know, hook it up to your smartphone. And basically it's like caller ID for your door. Oh, OK. 
And he only got uh, an offer from Mr. Wonderful. And if you watch the show all the time, you know, Mr. Wonderful always offers, like when he makes an offer, he always wants to give you the money as a loan. Like, cause they'll say, I need, I'm asking for $700,000 for 10% equity in my company. Yeah. So he'll lend you the money, but then he wants it back at, you know, 10% or 7% interest. Jeez. And then he wants royalties on the the uh, every sale of the product and then he wants a stake in the company like he's he's the most aggressive in my opinion like he always gives the worst deals <laughs> um but the, he, basically he's the only one that offered him a deal and and this guy was like you know no and it's too much yeah it's too you much too much and you know he had to give away too much so he just said no and then he kind of he was at his wits end like he he says in the article that he was like crying he was distraught they didn't they they were cash strapped at that time and then he did some retooling got some people to invest renamed it now it's called ring and he just sold it to amazon for a billion jeez <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah that turned around good for that guy and now me and my kids like like what my daughter will do is i have i have them pitching things to me like th their companies uh -huh. because we love this part like mark cuban does it the most consistently consistently like he'll say like he'll name all the negative things that he doesn't like about your company mm -hmm. he'll be like um you know i i, I love your energy but I think that you're trying to get into a market space right now where there's a lot of competition. I don't see the cohesion of your, you know, your online presence versus your in-store retail. And for those reasons, I'm out. And like, so that's what we say to each other all the time. <laughs> we'll just be like, and for those reasons, I'm out. Like, no matter what they're saying, if they're even pitching like, hey, can we go to Chuck E. Cheese? I'm like, well, look, uh, you didn't eat your vegetables tonight. <laughs> we just went to the park yesterday. And for those reasons, I'm out. <laughs> Dad! Dad, come on! <laughs> but you should watch it sometime. I'm telling you, you would love it because it's just... You know, it's the American dream being yeah. played out in front of a bunch of people. It's just sort of like you're, you know, these stay-at-home moms or people that have another job that have a passion to to try to invent something, create some product, and it's on CNBC. They always have marathons. You'll get hooked. Yeah, you just I've have to watch a, a couple of them. Yeah, I've seen a, a not a whole episode, but bits and pieces of them. There's another show like that, and I can't remember the name of it. But some guy goes into a failing business. Mm -hmm. And he gives them all this advice, and he's like, all right, I'll give you this money if I get this percentage of sales or whatever. That's not it's, Bar it's, Rescue. No, that's a different it's a, thing. it's a similar type show, but mm -hmm. I think that's on CNBC yeah, also. I love that stuff. Might be called The Profit, maybe? Yeah, that sounds like a show. Yeah. Um, What's going on here? We got Mike Pursuta coming up next with sports. Little Steelers news yesterday. Kevin Colbert speaking at the NFL Combine and the Penguins taking on the Bruins tonight. Mike's next. Stands up at 945. It's the DVE Morning Show. DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuit of DVE Sports brought to you this hour by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. The Penguins are in Boston tonight, 7 o'clock on your Penn's flagship, 105.9 The X. It's going to be... Either Casey DeSmith or Tristan Jari in goal for the Penguins. Matt Murray is down with the concussion, and nobody knows as yet how long Murray will be sidelined. In the meantime, the Penguins are content to go with what they've got. They really have no choice but to go with Tristan Jari or Casey DeSmith. But Sidney Crosby said yesterday that in either case, uh, they'll go with confidence. You know, these guys have been 
in different positions all year. And, um, in some cases, not easy positions, and um, they show a lot of poise. And I think, uh, you know, whoever it is that goes in there, I think we have a lot of confidence in them. And I think, given the situations they've been put in, probably that's a big reason for it. And you know, they've come in and done a great job for us uh, every time they've been called upon. So um, we just got to do a good job in front of them. It's going to be uh, an historic night tonight in Boston as well. Penguins equipment manager and our good friend of the DVE morning show, Dana Heinze, is scheduled to work his 2,000th professional game wow. tonight. Wow. Congrats, Congrats. Utica Devils. He might be listening right now. Utica Devils, Johnstown Chiefs, Tampa Bay Lightning, and Pittsburgh Penguins. Heinze, if I missed any stops along the way, I apologize. Won a cup in Tampa. He's won three cups with the Penguins. And here's something you may or may not know about Dana Heinze. He is actually a former professional goalie. He dressed uh, in 1988-89. He dressed as the emergency backup with the Johnstown Chiefs who had a call up and were down to one goalie. I did not know that. Then there was a fight in the third period and the goalie got thrown out of the game. (laughs) So Heinze went in for four minutes, one save, his career save percentage, (laughs) 1.000. What a stat. Career save percentage as a professional of 1,000. <laughs> nice. An Iron Man. One of the best guys uh, wow. there is. And uh, at 2,000 is a remarkable number to hit. Good for him. Congratulations. That's it, Cal Ripken-esque. And he's not anywhere close to slowing down or being done. He's going to be doing no. this forever. But, uh, I love the. If you don't follow him on Twitter, highly recommend. He's always tweeting out pictures game day of the jerseys. Do you recall the handle offhand? I follow him. I, I can't remember I what I want to say it's just his name, Dana Heinze. Real Dana Heinze. Yeah. It's, uh, at Real Dana There's Heinze. some fake Dana Heinze's out there. Don't follow them. It's There's some behind-the-scenes stuff in the locker room that uh, you can't really see anywhere else. And uh, Again, 2,000 professional games. That's a lot of hockey, man. Congratulations, Dana. It's a lot of skates he's sharpened. A lot of sticks he's taped. I also feel like it's uh, my job to inform you guys that this weekend coming up is Hockey Weekend Across America. That is sponsored every year by USA Hockey. They do a lot of cool events for that. That starts tomorrow, and tomorrow is uh, Wear Your Favorite Jersey to Work Day. Oh, I'm glad you told me that. So I expect to see you guys flying some, uh, wearing the wearing we'll the colors. The, we'll make the, or we can wear the, the jerseys Dana Heinze made us. Flying the flag That's tomorrow. Right. Saturday is Tri Hockey Day. And Sunday is Celebrate Local Hockey Heroes Day. And uh, if you want to get really knee-deep into it, I know the Penguins are out of town tonight. They play the Islanders on Friday at 5. And uh, Robert Morris plays its first-round playoff series against Bentley. It's a best of three in the Atlantic Hockey Conference. That's uh, Friday night and Saturday night at 7 o'clock out on Neville Island. And if they need a third game, that'll be played Sunday night. Did you say the Penguins play the Islanders Friday at 5? Yes. Saturday. Oh, okay. Saturday that's still, that's a weird time. Yeah. Mike, well, can I guess what jersey you're going to rock tomorrow? You can, but I'm not sure yet. USA? It's always a it's always a popular choice. Now, there are, in, in my hangar, my closet, there are about uh, five or six USA options. Oh, really? Yeah. I was going for the, uh, the one from the 90s. That's my favorite one, I think, because the, uh, a lot of people have the 1980 replica, which I do as well. Uh, I've got a Brian Leach 1996 World Cup of Hockey jersey. I think it's my favorite one because 
1996 World Cup of Hockey. Nobody remembers it. Nobody celebrates it. But it was basically the Olympics or the Canada Cup. You know, it was a World Cup team. Mm -hmm. We beat Canada to win the gold. We (laughs) beat them in Montreal in the third game. And I chose Brian Leach because he was the first American-born Conn Smythe winner. God, that's like your best-case scenario. (laughs) Beating Canada in Canada? (laughs) Good Lord. If I'm remembering this right, it was the first year of the Bell Center in Montreal. So they opened this brand-new mansion, and we went went up and urinated in the living room. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised you don't talk about that more. I'm surprised you don't mention it every day. You know, it's it's really <laughs> to me it's right up there with the 1960 gold medal and the 1980 gold medal. I know the 1980 miracle on ice and the Russian thing, but to me, beating Canada with our best pros against their best pros was just as good as beating the Red Army. And my favorite mm-hmm. part of that game was the U.S. was winning three to two. Canada pulled its goalie. We scored it in the empty net. Canada put its goalie back in, and we scored again anyway, just <laughs> just to make it five two. Awesome. That was good stuff. Steelers uh, general manager Kevin Colbert is in Indianapolis. We've heard a lot from Kevin today as uh, he takes part in NFL scouting combine festivities. Yesterday that included talking with Jerry Dulac and Dale Lawley on SNR. And uh, part of that gig uh, involved Kevin Colbert giving the Heisman to any type of Martavis Bryant trade speculation. I can address this very officially. We have never, ever made one phone call um, offering Martavis Bryant for a trade. Uh, Teams have inquired to us based on media reports about the possibility of us trading him, and we have quickly dismissed those. Uh, Martavis is a Pittsburgh Steeler. We want him to continue to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, He put together a great season last year. You know, a lot of kids don't make it back from the one-year suspension, and he did. And he did a lot of good things. He did a few things I think he regrets, you know, with the social media aspect of things. But he got through it. He finished great. And um, absolutely, we are absolutely not in the trade market for uh, we're not pursuing it. And if anybody pursues us, we quickly dismiss it. I'll take him at his word on that with one asterisk. We heard from Kevin today say there there aren't a lot of impact inside linebackers available. Right. All right, so let's just, for the sake of argument, say, where'd they get Ryan Shazier, 15th overall? Mm-hmm. Let's say the team with the 15th overall pick calls him and there's a guy they fell in love with, an inside linebacker, and that team says, hey, we'll trade places with you, give us Martavis Bryant. Better at least listen. Better think about it. Yeah, I mean, the translation from, from what he said to what I believe is the offers haven't been great. Yeah, We we, we took the calls. Hey, Kev, we'd like to give you two number ones. No, 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 we're not trading because he's no, we not going to be an idiot on social media anymore, <laughs> he told us. No. It's like, we'll give you a fourth round, and that's it. Then, then you hang up on him. What? It's the... Uh, it's always what you get in return that uh, dictates whether or not you want to trade somebody. Since there isn't any that many impact players at the inside linebacker position, do you see them going out and trying to be aggressive in free agency? Yeah, except those guys usually don't get the free agency. Right. Who's out there? The really good ones. I could see there's some scuttlebutt that Miami's going to release Lawrence Timmons. Mm. I could see them re-signing Bringing him home. Timmons the second that happens. 
And is then, he still still worth it? Does he still got some stuff? Is he better than Sean Spence? Yes. Yeah, I don't think that would be a long-term solution, Val, but uh, somebody that would make you a little better and at least knows the defense and all that stuff uh, while you bring a kid along that you hopefully draft. Right, oh. even if it's a depth guy. Yeah. Just to bring that body in, who guy who knows the defense, he was solid for years. College Hoops last night, uh, Pitt lost its 18th consecutive ACC game, 73-56 to at Notre Dame. Duquesne knocked off St. Louis 76-69. to The Duke snapped uh, a six-game losing streak. And tonight, Penn State takes on Northwestern at 6.30 in Madison Square Garden in the Big Ten Tournament. Pirates lost to the Red Sox 4-3. They're 0-4-2 on the spring. They have the Blue Jays in Bradenton today. Nick Kingham, your scheduled starter for the Bucks. Felipe Rivero is also expected to get the ball. That is your DVE Sports. Again, hockey weekend across America. Wear your jersey to work Favorite tomorrow. jersey tomorrow. I might surprise you, but I might show up in a Michigan State. I might show up in a Robert Morris. I was going to show up in my Kessel jersey, but just because it's my Kessel jersey, I got it out of the closet the other day and realized there's like ketchup and mustard stains all over it. <laughs> Perfect. When we come back, we'll be joined by Stan Saverin. I've it's... got a Rochester Americans jersey I'm particularly proud of because they have a great logo. It's a crest and it says Americans. No, mis- no mistake in who they are, Valerie. The DV Morning Show. <laughs> DIC. It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Ballin is uh, off sick today, but uh, not taking a day off because the big cheese isn't here. <laughs> Stan <laughs> Saverin is joining us. How are you, Stan? Does that mean I'm the big cheese or the fill-in big cheese? Or... <laughs> you, if you want to be the fill-in big cheese, you can be. Okay. Okay. I'll take the job. It's only, <laughs> it's only like eight minutes. I can handle it. <laughs> So, Stan, uh, you, a longtime broadcaster in Pittsburgh and uh, a fellow broadcaster, said that we heard the news uh, late last night, early this morning, that Adam Lynch, longtime anchor, had passed away. Yeah, and you worked I, with him, right? I, oh, absolutely. I worked with him for uh, 11 years that I was at Channel 4. Uh, and I tweeted this out, which I normally don't do, but... Um, he was, without a question of a doubt, the best journalist I've ever encountered in all the years I've been doing this. Wow. I mean, he just, I mean, he epitomized journalism. Uh, when we were at Channel 4, uh, he taught all of us. And it was a younger group, Sally and, you know, me and, and Lynn Cullen and, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of us, uh, you know, relatively young. And, uh, he taught us all how to be good reporters. He really did. Um, and he uh, was one of the last true bastions of journalism uh, in TV news. There's not a whole lot of that going around anywhere, uh, to be honest. But he um, knew what it meant to be a reporter and a good journalist and get it, get it fast, but get it right first. And he was a real stickler uh, for that. Uh, and, and he was a role model. I mean, you know, a lot of us, you know, I didn't grow up here, but I had watched him for years before I worked with him, and I always thought, oh, I'm sitting next to Adam Lynch here. <laughs> uh, and, it, I mean, his presence was just enormous. And yet, he was one of the nicest, friendliest, funny guys. He, was one of the, he, was, he, he wanted to be one of the guys. He understood his position. Uh, Adam was the first guy I ever saw do the news in shorts. 
<laughs> you know, and you would think it'd be, you know, some younger guy, but it was Adam, you know, who was iconic. Uh, and, you know, in the summertime, you know, it'd be hot and whatever, and he, you know, would have a shirt, tie, and, you know, a suit coat, but he'd be wearing shorts, you know, with tennis shoes and white socks underneath because <laughs> you couldn't see, you know, behind the desk. And just one last thing about Adam, um, two things, actually. I had this great picture, which I took out last night. Uh, he and I playing softball together uh, for what was then known as the WTAE-TV and No Stars. He, he loved playing softball, and he sent it to me and autographed it for me, which I'll treasure and, and cherish forever. Um, and the other thing Adam liked to do, you know, you think Adam, you know, with those, those pipes he had, stentorian tones, he loved to play garbage can basketball. Um, <laughs> in between the 6 and the 11, when we worked together on weekends, we'd set up two big garbage cans and get a big wad of paper, um, and that would be the ball. And, you know, you'd have teams and, you know, pass a wad of paper around trying to score, and he'd love that. You know, and you just, you know, you, 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 you couldn't picture Walter Cronkite doing that. But I'm telling you, Adam, Adam did that all the time. He's just a wonderful, wonderful man. Well, Stan, sor- sorry for the loss yeah. of your friends, Dan. Thank you. Did you keep in touch with him through the years after your time there at TAE? I'd, I'd, I've always been fascinated to find out what guys like that thought of the 24-hour news cycle, this sort of infotainment era we're living in now. It distressed him. I, I did keep in contact with him to a degree. Um, I would hear from him every now and again. Um, and every year, actually, uh, I think it's um, in, in a couple of weeks, uh, for almost 30 years, I've spoken to the Monroeville Area Chamber of Commerce. They have a meeting, and I, you know, come once a year I come in, you know, take talk and take questions. And Adam um, lived in the Murraysville area, so he would always come uh, to the Monroeville Chamber of Commerce meeting, and uh, just to catch up, and he would, you know, be in the audience, and then then we'd have a chance to catch up. Um, the last time I saw him was, I think, uh, coming up on three years ago. Channel Four had a reunion uh, at a restaurant out near the TV station, and Adam came. Um, and I don't know when he moved to San Antonio to live with his daughter, but he was in Pittsburgh at that time, and unfortunately that's, uh, that's the last time I saw him or spoke to him. Hey, Stan, how concerned should the Penguins be about Matt Murray? It's hard to figure, Mike, when you talk about concussions. I mean, we've all learned our lesson. Um, you know, he could be back Saturday. Uh, he could be back in a month. Um, I think it's kind of ironic that we, we became familiar with Matt Murray when Marc-Andre Fleury got hit by that shot from James Neal. And then all of a sudden, Matt Murray showed up on the horizon. Um, I would think anybody who gets a concussion, you know, how long did, uh, did they lose Sid for? Uh, hmm. it, it, it's just, you know, there's just no way to tell. You know, we, we've had seen guys get concussions, um, and they clear the protocol, and they're back in, you know, a couple of days. Um, but, like, you know, we all know, uh, especially if it's if it's a repeated issue, um, then who knows? Uh, I am uh, I was interested when Sid was going through the protocol. Uh, I attended the press conference. I'm sure you did when Dr. Mickey Collins from UPMC called him a Ferrari. Yeah, right. And he, <laughs> he was educating. And I I don't know if I asked a question or somebody did. Um, it may have been me. If you get one concussion, does that make you more susceptible? for another one. And he said, no, 
That's not necessarily the case. That um, you know, if you break a bone, does it become weaker? That sort of thing. So you know, maybe that's something to hang your hat on. Maybe it comes with being a goaltender. I mean, you see other goaltenders going through that. Um, I'll say this: uh, if if Matt Murray's gone for a length of time, and I know we've said this, oh, they can't win without Chris Letang, and what are they going to do now? Uh, I don't know that DeSmith and Jari are good enough to win a cup. Time will tell. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, you know, he's 23 years old, uh, so hopefully. It will uh, lightning strike twice. Uh, well, that, I, I, just, I, you know, I just hope that, uh, you know, he's got such a long, great career ahead of him. I, you know, you, you would hate to see it curtailed. Uh, Mike remembers Pat LaFontaine. I mean, he had a lot of good years left in him, but he finally had to retire because um, of, of all the concussions. Didn't, and it was his choice uh, to, to retire, but he just couldn't risk another one. So, um, Isn't that uh, why Lindros yep. ended his career, too? Eric oh, Lindros, yeah. yeah, and that all began right here, by the way, um, on a hit by Ulf Samuelson. But, um, yeah, um, so, I, again, I, I never – I mean, I'll, I'll go with Dr. Collins. I mean, he knows what he's talking about, but it does seem like some guys are more susceptible to that, uh, although Lindros was a big physical player and, you know, played in front of the net and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think what made him susceptible was skating with his head down <laughs> yeah. in the vicinity of Scott yeah. Stevens. Uh, yeah, that you know, that and Ulf Samuelson was the first to lay him out. And also, and Cas- by the way, the encouragement of Bobby Clark to play like that. The, you know, I mean, finesse. What I mean, he was big, but he had you know great skills. But you know, in typical goon fashion, you know, they wanted all their flyers, you know, to play uh, you know that kind of game. And I really do think that shortened Lindros' career. Stan, who's on your show today? I don't have one. Oh, um, you're off. Beautiful. No, yeah, I'm all, well, I'm, I'm usually off, but uh, <laughs> we, we have um, uh, uh, both on 970 ESPN and Steelers Nation Radio uh, programming from the Combine with Jerry Dulac and Dale Lally and Matt Williamson uh, begins at 10 and ends at 3. Um, so all that stuff from Indy. Uh, so I, I don't have a show. Well, enjoy your time uh, relaxing this afternoon. Oh, yeah, I'll be relaxing. Well, I've got the Penguin game tonight for TV, so I'll be doing that. Um, and just because I can't stand to sit still, I'm going to the dentist. Oh, well. <laughs> wow. Glutton for pain, are you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll see you tonight, and thanks for joining us, and we'll uh, talk to you next Thursday. All right, guys. Thank you thanks, very Stan. much. See you, thanks Stan. to uh, Stan. Thanks to Bob Airy, Jerry Dulac, and John Dick Winters tomorrow on the show. Sean Collier and Buffalo Rose in the DVE Coffee House. Not sure if Randy's going to be back. Also, we have Aaron Kleiber, who's doing a huge uh, DVD taping this Saturday at the Carnegie Library of Homestead. Cool. All right. So we'll uh, talk with him tomorrow as well. Michelle Michaels is up next. She's got the electrical lunch at noon here on DVE. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him done, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.